This is the limitless Keith Lee. This is Brody King. This is Angel Garza. Will Ospreay. Hornswoggle. Pentagon Junior. The villain, Marty Skell. The Mexican Ray Phoenix. King Ricochet. Concrete Rose, Sunny Kiss. And I'm here to ask you to stop what you're doing. Take just one moment and bask in the glory of the Busted Wide Open. 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 Busted Wide Open podcast. <laughs> You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to BWO Live. Coming to you from Twitch. Episode number, I forgot, hang on one second. 258. You lose count after a while. (laughs) Finally reveling in my own engineering, I have air conditioning once again after a month without it. My name is Nick Howell. And spoiler alert, I am Sir Ian Dangerous, <laughs> and welcome to the show. Even Wait, no, Naito! That's right, everybody. Welcome. Destino! Oh, my goodness. Welcome to the show. What an incredible couple of days we've had in the world of professional wrestling. Ah, forgive the chaotic intro to the show, but we're both very wound up right now because there's so much to talk about. We've got to talk about AEW Dynamite. We need to talk about NXT. Friday Night SmackDown, which had the twist of the year in the United States, at least. Uh, And uh, yeah, I wish we could talk about New Japan, which happened last night, but uh, we had to save that for Tuesday. So we'll be waiting on that because there's just too much show. There's already too much show. (laughs) There's so much wrestling. There's just so much. There's so much wrestling going on. Oh, my God. My eyes are bleeding. But, Nick, before we talk about all that wrestling, you need to do a little housekeeping so everyone knows where they can find us all across the interwebs. So take it yes, away, Nick. Mostly this is for you new people. Uh, the, most of you guys know all of this stuff. Uh, first of all, if you're watching us live on Twitch, you can find all the links to this stuff. If you just scroll down, there's some pretty blue uh, uh, cards down there. You can just click on those. Find links to our Discord, our Twitter, our YouTube channel, all of that stuff. Uh, but get over into our Instagram and Twitter at BWO Podcast. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube at YouTube.com slash Open, where you can find BWO Daily, our daily news show, where we do that Monday through Friday every day. Uh, get you up to speed on what has happened in the days of the graps mm. uh make sure you get into our discord as well thank you very much for following here if you have amazon prime you could subscribe for additional perks right here on twitch for free all you got to do is link your amazon prime account to twitch and you get a free twitch prime sub so thank you to all of the subs so far we're already up to 39 Holy smokes, we've only been doing this for a couple of weeks. Thank you guys all for the support. And also, thank you patrons for all of your support because that is the best way to support the show. You get access to all kinds of exclusives like bonus episodes, Skype calls, copies of the show notes, uh, the ability to participate in the Patron Pick'ems Challenge, which we have a new patron pick'ems champion yeah we are we have crowned at SummerSlam, and he will be reigning all the way through to survivor series yeah this year where he will defend it for the first time 
Uh, Jeremy Brackner. Uh, I believe I finally found out his last name. What was it Mud Mudslap? Was it Mudsmack? Mudsmack is, is what he goes by. Mudsmack is our mm. current BWO Patrons Pickums champion. And I have to give a shout out. Speaking of Twitch Prime, to one Martin, our lovely Martin over in the UK. Yes. Thank you so much for your Twitch Prime sub, man. Hope everything's going well over there awesome. for you. And uh, I understand that he couldn't uh, couldn't stick around. He had some things to do today. But thank you very much, Martin, uh, for the Twitch Prime sub there to get us started. Uh, but Ian, we got we, we got a lot of wrestling to we get through. We had a lot of wrestling. Uh, just a quick heads up. One last little piece of housekeeping. Uh, two things, really. If I can get through these real quick, we won't have to talk about them later. Uh, we will be back Sunday night, tomorrow night after yep. payback, live right here on Twitch to break down the entire show and let you guys know what we think about the results and the outcomes and the futures, and we'll see where things go. Uh, it's shaping up to be pretty interesting. We'll see. Yep. We'll see what it looks like. Uh, and secondly, I want to give a, a, an explanation and apology to patrons. We are going to be about a week late on getting your bonus episode up because just scheduling conflicts and parental units in town and all kinds of things just threw everything into chaos this week. So I apologize, uh, and I think I speak for Surrey and Dangerous when I say we're sorry. We, we promise we'll make it up to you guys. I'm we'll have it for you next Thursday 100% for sure. Thank you for being patient with us. And with that, Ian, yes. I think it's time to talk about some wrestling, and let's head over and kick things off with AEW Dynamite. Well, well, well. The crowd has returned to AEW Dynamite, at least sort of. We had a socially distanced crowd out there. Uh, you could be around your bubble. You had people in little groups all scattered around Daly's place. But there was a crowd and there was audience noise. And when Chris Jericho came out to commentate on the whole show and keep Jim Ross awake, his music played. And when his music played, everyone sang along to it. And Jericho looked like a little kid who'd just been given a toy train for Christmas because he lives off the sound of that crowd. Uh, and it was I know, I'm sure it was probably strange for him to actually have a crowd cheering for him that actually had masks on. But here yeah. he was uh, basking in it. And frankly, sitting at home, we were basking in it, too, because actually having real crowd noise as opposed to the canned stuff we've been hearing is such a relief. Oh, my God. Even if it wasn't as loud as we're used to, couldn't quite hear as much because there wasn't that many people, about 10% capacity, apparently. But it was something. Oh, thank it, I had, God. It, it's not that I had forgotten what crowd noise was like. I had forgotten or I had become numb to the idea that what a difference it made at this point because mm. we've been without it for six months now, it seems like. And, uh, man, how refreshing was that? <laughs> it was pretty damn refreshing. <sighs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, so we started off the show with some crowd noise, and we started it off with a tag team gauntlet match, which was set up last week. Uh, this one was – it started off between the Bucks and the Nightmare family. The Bucks took out the Nightmare kids pretty quickly by pinning QT Marshall uh, after a uh, – what, a B, BD, BDE kick, BDE – what do they even call it? A B BTE trigger. B BTE trigger. BTE trigger. Uh, their new combo kick move. And then they went on to face best friends. Now, this is where things got interesting because on the one hand, it appeared like Chucky e. T tweaked his knee at some point early in this match. And I'll be honest, Nick, I couldn't tell if it was legit or not. Yeah. It, was, it was one of those things where it, he looked like he was trying to work through it so much and not sell it that it made me think that it might be legit. Either that or it was the most brilliant selling I've ever seen. But yeah. the real rub was it looked like it looked like the Bucks were going to put them away, put away the best friends 
with uh, a Meltzer driver when who should appear ringside but Hangman Page to grab Nick's ankles, prevent him from doing the uh, the springboard flip to uh, part of the Meltzer driver. Uh, and then in, meanwhile, in the, in the ring, Matt gets reversed, rolled up, one, two, three. The Bucks are out of the tag team tournament. Mm. And the best friends move on to face FTR, the number one, uh, the highest ranked tag team in AEW. And uh, due to Chucky e. T's knee, they get beaten pretty quickly and pretty handily. So that's why it was hard. I couldn't tell if that was just the story, like we get a move here uh, and get to the rest of the show, or if it was like hurry to the finish because my leg's about to fall off. Yeah. So uh, I, it I really seemed very tell. rushed through. It it seemed very it a little bit haphazard. Uh, and that's once a, once Trent got in there, it seemed to end pretty quickly. That's kind of what made me wonder because it did feel. It didn't feel like a proper match. It felt very rushed once FTR got in there. Um, and that made me worried for Chucky. Because <laughs> so, I was like, that doesn't seem like the way that they would normally book it. But again, maybe they were just tr rushed for time and they were going long and they had to pull it back. Spent too much time with the Young Bucks yelling at Hangman. Who knows? I don't know. All I know is that Hangman betrayed the Bucks because uh, the FTR made him insecure and... Later on in the show, he was hanging out at a bar. Surprise, surprise. And with a big glass of whiskey in his hand, up came the Bucks yelling at him saying, dude, we gave you a chance. We know that we haven't seen eye to eye. And last year we, we had some beef. We thought we were past that. We thought we were cool. I guess we're not. Ugh. Throws the whiskey in the face. You're out of the elite. Hangman Page kicked out of the elite. FTR are your number one contenders for Page and Omega's tag team championships. My goodness, that's a way to kick off a show. Yeah, this this is about to get real interesting because on one hand you got uh, Hangman Adam Page turning on the Elite actively uh, in favor of FTR, and you've got Kenny Omega. Who knows what the hell is going on in that dude's head anymore? Uh, going <laughs> going completely crazy. I mean, he's busy showing up on SmackDown. <laughs> right. But I mean, I mean, and now they've got to defend the tag titles against FTR. Yeah, I to me this feels like it's all falling into place. I yeah. mean, with the setup with FTR oh, totally. and then having FTR basically run the place for a while, and then have ultimately getting that feud with FTR in the box we've always wanted, and they they probably want to hold till they have an actual crowd, which it looks like they're starting to have again. We'll see how long that lasts. Uh, but it feels like a lot of pieces they've been building for a while are finally falling into place. Some of the stuff they set up at the end of last year, eight months ago or more, is finally coming to fruition with Hangman Page. Uh, I, it's way past time we need to get these tag titles off of Page and Omega. So, you know, putting him on a, a legit tag team, possibly the most legit tag team uh, that there is, especially now that they've aligned with Tully Blanchard and just have a total package right there. Uh, this this seems to be perfect for me. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, so I'm not mad at any of this at all. This is fantastic. Keep working on that. But elsewhere, we also have John Moxley versus MJF coming up at All Out September 5th. Uh, a little over a week, actually a week away. From yeah, it's tonight. a week from week from today. There you go. Look at that. We're going to be so, rushing next Saturday to get done so that we can go watch uh, All Out. So well, I'll probably be still be Scottish, but you can be Russian if you want. Okay. Uh, so Moxley and MJF uh, had a contract signing with Mo with uh, MJF's lawyer, his little weasel lawyer there, presiding over over proceedings, along with the rest of Moxley's little 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 band of misfits. 
uh, sorry, MJF's little band of misfits. MJF came stumbling out of the back on his walker, still being mean to everybody. Uh, and they got in the ring, and MJF cut this uh, uh, fairly long, lengthy promo on John Moxley. Boy, did he did he talk for a while. <laughs> but uh, but it was very entertaining because it's it's MJF. Um, he's he basically said, "Look, I'm a prodigy. Everyone else falls in the same traps when it comes to you, Moxley. I'm not going to be drawn into going outside the ring. I'm going to straight up wrestle you, and I'm going to do what no one else has, and that's beat you, especially now that you don't have your major weapon, which is the paradigm shift." And ultimately, and he said, oh, and by the way, at the end, you know, you can have your pretty wife watch, which Moxie almost jumped him at that. And everyone's like, oh, no, 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 we'll sue, we'll sue, we'll sue. Get your ass back in the seat. <laughs> Hands on the table. So Moxie got his time to retort. He just said, okay, you want to talk a lot? Great. I, just want to, I don't really care if I have the paradigm shift or not. I'm going to tear you apart. You're a dead man no matter what. So cool. Let's sign this thing and get on with it. So Moxley signs the contract, hands it back over. And all MJF's team starts laughing and oh you idiot you did it you you perhaps you don't have the paradigm shift anymore that's great he's like yeah it's great check out page seventeen what MJF's whole team there's no page seventeen in the contract what's that what does it say page seventeen which apparently now in contracts you can just staple an extra page onto it and sure, it's binding yeah. is legally binding yeah you know absolutely totally that's that's exactly you can put a sticky on the back of the contract. Just saying, I want to fight MJF in a cage. Yeah. And you get it. P.S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's legal P.S. Right. Uh, but apparently, Moxley added a clause somehow that next week as a warm-up match, he gets to face MJF's lawyer in a tune-up match where the paradigm shift will be legal. And he's going to basically he's basically going to kill MJF's lawyer awesome. next week. Uh, so we didn't have any tables flipped. We didn't have any physicality. We just had our... Babyface champ or pseudo babyface champ outsmart the heels, which is really something you don't see a lot in modern wrestling. So that was interesting. Yeah. However, that also makes me think are we building up Moxley and making him look strong here for him to ultimately drop the title to MJF? Yes. Or is there just no way that MJF's taking this title? Uh, I'm convinced he is. I have been convinced for a long time. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I think MJF. I'm not convinced had, yet. I, I think MJF is going to make an amazing heel champ. I think he is too. I think doing it at all out would be too soon, and that's a strange thing to say. I, I think that it should be the pay per view after that. This should be the beginning of these two's feud, and it should get much more grisly between I, now. I and think then. it is the beginning, and I think that it is their big, maybe second only to Double or Nothing. All Out is their sort of original pay per view. I think it is their biggest pay per view. Um, and I think it's all great, in, uh, all in is their initial pay-per-view, was but it, okay, which one is, ahead. when is all, well, I'd all in and all out. I can't keep them straight. All in double or nothing. Then all out. That was the order in which okay. they came. So I, this is definitely one of their bigger ones though. Right. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I do think this is, this is absolutely the right time to do it. Let's give it a shot. And I do think it is the start of a feud. Let's let MJF be the baby face. Let him chase, um, and give him that opportunity with MJF and his entourage that he's got around him, this campaign that he's built. Why, why do all of this effort? What's it going to mean if they if they don't put him over? What's what's all this been for? This is what I wonder: is that it, is is the sort of thing where MJF loses this first one, but wins the second one, and you know gets the title eventually, eventually outsmarts Moxley or or out Wiley's him or whatever it is. But I feel like it should start with MJF losing. 
and having to build himself back up, face Moxley again, just get into Moxley's head somehow. Like, because right now, he, he's not in Moxley's head at, at all. Yeah, he's got nothing on Moxley. Moxley's completely re- running circles around him, as much as as much as he's trying. So that's the thing: is going into this and then having MJF win is going to make Moxley look terrible right now. Mm. This is going to look like Moxley was overconfident, and that makes him look bad. Whereas I think if you give more time. MJF loses and then spends a while getting in M- in Moxley's head and then coming at him again and taking it off him after being in his head for a while, that's a different scenario. Do you know what I mean? Kind of. So it's so I, I think putting the title on MJF here with the story they've told would be too soon. That's just my feeling on it. Yeah. Uh, my feeling on Brody Lee, however, is pure elation. Brody oh, Lee. Let me let me do a quick call. Oh. Uh, oh yes, please. Kyle already with the hundred bits. Thank you very much, sir. Thank he says I, I get the sense Moxley is going over it all out. If that's the case, have him uh, by using the paradigm shift, but not. Uh, he does he does the drop, but holds on for a submission, thus a different move. I feel MJF has been set up for a fail with this story. I actually I, I'd be curious because they've been making a big deal about MJF never being pinned or submitted. I wonder if MJF walks away from this match, or if there is a is a finish that's. I, I think he'll finish the match without the paradigm shift. It may be a submission. Do you think MJF Moxley Moxley uses the paradigm shift, therefore uh, MJF shoot. wins the match, but champion is advantage keeps the title on Moxley because he did use the paradigm shift, ergo I don't breaking th- the contract? Moxley has come across as a guy who's really smart. That's the way that they're building it. They're building him as a wild man who likes to, to beat people up. But who's also intelligent? But he also him, said, "Who it doesn't matter that I sign this. It doesn't matter what it says on this contract." When he was talking there for a little bit, and I'm I'm wondering if it's a DQ. Yeah, no, that's just, that's just saying that he, I'm going to beat you without the paradigm shift. Is what I took that as. Okay, and you know, and I think that he can. They, that Moxley has shown he's got a full arsenal. He beat Brian Cage without it, right? Ripped yeah. his, almost ripped his arm off. So that's what we're showing here. So the, my question is, it, you know. Are you going to do this now, or are we going to have MJF, you know, scamper away and escape without properly losing, uh, and keep them both essentially where they are and set up the next chapter? Yeah. So that's that's what I'm curious about here. There's there's they're going to have to do a little bit of intelligent booking with the finish of this match. Yeah. So, for sure. He followed up and says uh, he has this image of MJF complaining that Mox used it but didn't. But he didn't actually use it. He may have thrown him down. Like Mox uses some, ca- DD- some kind of takedown that looks similar, and it ends up being yeah. a submission or something. Yeah. Or like he gives him a DDT, and he's like, "That was a paradigm shift." And Moxley's like, "No, paradigm shift is a double arm overhook, underhook, D- elevated DDT." And he's like, "Well, you you did a single arm hook, so it's kind of you know that <laughs> right. sort of thing." Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe that would maybe I wouldn't I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. Uh, but as I was saying, Brody Lee. Brody Lee and the Dark Order are very, very happy with themselves. If you they missed this out- week's BTE, by the way, you absolutely need to go oh. watch it because of a Dark Order alone and Brody Lee's up, celebration. It sets up this segment. Uh, it puts over Chili's in a major, major way. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just fun as hell. They're having so much damn fun. You are getting, you know, I, Nick, we've been very down on the Dark Order at times on this show. And I still can't say that I ever saw them being what they are now, which is essentially a whole group of jobbers that are having the damn time of their lives working with a a legit badass like Brody Lee, um, who just won the TNT championship by virtually killing Cody. 
and there was a part of the storyline is that Cody's out for an indefinite period of time. <laughs> he might, we don't know what's happened with Cody, what his injury status is. And so sure enough, out comes the Dark Order carrying a coffin like the meme of the dudes in Africa dancing a coffin down the street in the middle of town. So they all come out dancing in the same way with this coffin, which I, 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 I chuckled, I admit it. Yeah. Uh, set it down on stage, all celebrating. They pop open the coffin. It's, it's 10, 10s inside the coffin. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Brody Lee comes out with the championship. They're all celebrating. And Brody Lee just starts screaming to everybody, I told you so, I told you so. When I was in prison in my house last December, I, this, is what I, this is because of you people out there. I did this on my own. Yay, we're champions. Yay, Dark Order, et cetera, et cetera. So happy that Cody's out. Uh, I'm I am not going to do the open challenge. You can all kiss my ass. Right. <laughs> no more indie wrestlers facing for the TNT Championship. I'm keeping this forever. Um, good luck, you know. And so he's he's running roughshod all over the place. QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes, fresh off getting beat by the Bucks, they come out of the back. They get beat down. Scorpio Sky comes out. He gets beaten down. Matt Cardona comes out. He takes out Evil Uno and stands tall. Dark Order reforms on the stage and takes off. But in the middle of all of this. You've also got Brody Lee announcing Anna Jay is officially a Dark Order member. She's the Queen Slayer uh, because she took out Brandy Rhodes. She's uh, she's number ninety nine. Uh, so it, this was this was a very animated Dark Order segment. Brody Lee just absolutely destroyed it on the mic. It's crazy to think, Nick, that WWE never let him talk right after seeing this segment. Um, but this was. Uh, this, for me, covered a lot of bases, and I want to hear your thoughts on it, Nick. This hit Dark Order is dangerous. This hit Dark Order is entertaining. This hit wonder what Dark Order is going to be up to next, and look at all these people that now Dark Order can feud with. Um, and it also set up the dynamic a lot more clearly than I think we've seen a lot, which is a bunch of you know jobbers just enjoying their lives and Brody Lee uh, kind of being a pseudo-cult leader. Yeah. And, and frankly, it, it this is not the way I envisioned this going. This is not the way I envisioned this working out at the beginning of the year when he first joined. Not at all. Um, but I'm not mad at it. I, I was for a while, and that was mostly, you know, hashtag my wrestling. It, I, didn't, I didn't get what I wanted, you know. Yeah. Um, hey, my wrestling. They didn't do it my way. I wanted to be scary I and love my way. <laughs> Why wasn't it about hypnosis and Scientology? Right. <laughs> But then, because that's what they got. presented to me. That's what they right. led me to believe it was going to be. Was him walking out in smoke in like this lit alley, and right. I am Brody Lee. I, I have to say, especially coupled with the work that they've been doing on Dark in recent weeks and the BTE this week, uh, I'm I'm very. It's very popcorn fodder. Lots of fun. Uh, what's going on with Dark Order right now? Where does it go from here is where things get interesting. Or what I'm curious about, now that you've got Mr. Brody Lee with a championship, I would like to see Stu Grayson and Evil Uno become a threat to in, in the tag team division. I would like them to be a tag team. They're de- well, I mean, and they have been established as the threats because they win a lot on Dark. They just can't win big matches. Sure. And it's like they've, they've established what is the ceiling for everyone on the different tiers of Dark Order, I feel, at this point. I feel like they need to strengthen them overall. I agree with you on that. Uh, make them more of a bit of a force in the ring Yeah. When, they're, when Brody's not around. But part of the point is that it's a group of jobbers. It's a bunch of enhancement dudes who join Brody Lee to win. And they may not be winning their matches, but they're in a group that wins. 
Brody wins. And so they get like really excited when Brody wins, like John Silver, who was just so excited and <laughs> and Brody just slapped the taste out of his mouth. And the dynamic between Shut John the Silver fuck and Brody. Up, Silver. <laughs> just constantly, just over and over again. I just it kills me. I it's, just die laughing because it's, become it's nonstop. one of my favorite memes in wrestling <laughs> yeah. right now. You you knew that. You oh my god, slay me with that. On BTE, just, <laughs> just oh my god, Nick, you're killing me. Ah, uh, ah, um, uh, uh, okay, but yeah, ex- that's exactly my point. Is I'm loving the little dynamics they're finding. I'm loving all of the stuff they're doing with Dark Order right now, even though it's totally not what we expected. No, not what anyone expected. Uh, but they, th- it was brilliant to have Brody Lee go over Cody the way they did last week. And having this at this the week after, you know, I, I really feel like they've planted their feet in the ground. Yeah. So fantastic. Also, a little bit later in the show, uh, Anna J came out with Brody Lee t- with a little con- an evil Uno with a contract and uh, an a-, a dark order pamphlet contract thing, and handed it to Tanara Conti or Tay Conti or whatever she's being called now at ringside, who of course was Anna J's partner in the recent women's tag team uh, tournament. And it looked like Tanara gave her gave Anna a big hug. Looked like Tay is gonna join the Dark Order too. Which hey, cool. Uh, more women in the Dark Order. Fantastic. Yes, they so, you will all assimilate. You know, just get, well, <laughs> not even the pod people thing, but just like they need more than one chick. Oh, totally. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, so, and she needs to be able to do more than wear a kind of uh, a phantom mask, uh, you know, a masquerade ball ma- eye mask, and stand around behind people. Like I want to see them, Anna, and I mean, I think that now that they've had the women's tag team challenge, let's let's go and actually start doing some stuff with them. You know, well, and I think this is good for Tay too because otherwise she just comes out and she looks like some sort of you know cupie doll, like the big like like an anime doll with her gigantic glassy eyes. You know, if you if you put her in dark order, now she's got a purpose. Now she's got some sort of character to work with. So, boom! I think that's a really big sign for her. True. So good stuff, good stuff all around with this segment. Um, yeah, and then then finally, you know, looking at uh, Nightmare Family, Scorpio Sky, Matt Card, Matt Cardona in particular, out there for vengeance against Dark Order. Uh, give me some Cardona versus Brody. Give me some Cardona versus you know running through the uh, the Dark Order, Scorpio Sky running through the Dark Order, like maybe a tag team. Not mad at it, or just bring it all. Give Cardona a sort of not superhero, but like. It makes him larger than life the way that they presented they've presented him so far. The way he's come out to save Cody multiple times, the well, way that he than- came out this week and he's left standing tall up on the ropes on the turnbuckle. Dude, dude is an average size, is an average physical size in WWE. In in AEW, the guy is a monster. He's enormous. So let him come out and be, you know, the 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 alpha that will come out and chase all the chase all the rats away, right? And just I love that kind of persona for him. Put him in some matches. Stage him up against, you know, whether it's Silver or Stu Grayson or whoever it might be. Even Scorpio. I'd love to see Matt Cardona versus Scorpio Sky. So I and I don't versus know you, Sor- Oh, I don't know how you get there, but uh, yeah, I don't know how you get there. But I mean, just uh, that match sal- makes me salivate. You know, over oh. the, those two guys in a match together. So I, I'm. We need to start getting him some work. Like, give me yeah. some matches. He can't just be the guy that runs out for the save all the time because that's what we'll only remember him for. So, so what you're saying is don't make him Sean Spears part two. Right. Like, face face Sean Spears. Have something for him to do. 
have something for him to do. Indeed, and there was much to do in the main event of the evening because Matt Hardy faced Sammy Guevara in a tables match, uh, which was, on the one hand, a very brutal match, and on the other hand, a total goddamn mess. This was a bit of a mess. It was. Um, they, they missed some spots. There was some sloppy stuff here. Uh, they seemed like they just weren't on the same page. Sammy, during the commercial break, during picture-in-picture, picture, Sammy went flying to the outside to try and hit Matt Hardy in a table. Matt moved. Sammy went through the table. And as the table crushed, a piece of the table just went right along Sammy's scalp on one side and just, just ripped him open on the side. So he was bleeding everywhere. Come back from commercial, Sammy Guevara is just bleeding like a stuck pig. Which, on the one hand, you could say is because it wasn't intentional and it wasn't Matt actually doing it, was kind of a strangely ironic receipt from the universe yeah. for Sammy Guevara busting open Matt the Hardy multiverse! accidentally. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. The multiverse has made everything in balance. Yeah. Uh, but again, ultimately, this was a bit of a sloppy match. And even though at the end, Sammy did win by putting Matt through a table, the table that Matt brought out from under the ring that had delete on it. Um, this was just, for me at least, after the, the, the kind of bizarre feud they've had, it stopped and started because Sammy was, you know, Sammy had got suspended for saying dumb things about Sasha Banks. Um, and then Matt kind of ungimmicked himself by having a new weird gimmick that I haven't wrapped my head around. Hardcore then he became, Matt Har- Hardy or something like that? Yeah, unkill- unkillable Matt Hardy, yeah. but then he became, he became concussed psycho Matt Hardy, <laughs> which was weird. And then now he's concussed psycho loser Matt Hardy because he can't beat Sammy Guevara in a tables match. So I know that this if is If you had to told me that one of the Sammy Hardy boys over, weren't able to get over Sammy Guevara in a tables match a few years ago, I would have told you you were crazy. Well, I get the idea of putting, you know, the older guys putting over the younger talent. Right. This just, I don't think, did anything for anybody. No. And that's really the problem. Yeah. This didn't elevate anybody at the end of the day. The match, I think, will be absolutely forgettable uh, for the most part. Yeah. The only memorable thing about this was afterwards, Sammy bleeding on the side of the, of the ring, you know, and then in the back, there's this kind of streak of white in the back of the screen. And next thing we know, Jericho, who's been over on commentary being great all night, uh, is just getting tackled by Orange Cassidy. Love it. You can just see Orange Cassidy just flying across the stage, and next thing you know, he's just beating the crap out of Jericho, and we have a pull-apart brawl to end the show, which was a fantastic brawl, by the way. But, yeah, that was and that was the go-home for the show. Luckily, they have one more go-home show next week. But, yeah, that Matt Hardy-Sammy Guevara match just wasn't worth all the time that was spent on the feud. Kyle and, and Chad like, said it was three it segments, according to Fightful, and it had to be edited for time. So Can that, you imagine what they cut out of this? Bit of sense. Oh, yeah. Please put the yeah. unedited version on YouTube next week or something. What? No. <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't need to see any more of this. Oh, well, I mean, the chopping up of it made it uh, probably made it worse. Yeah, there, there might have been some work or something that we missed in the, in the cut, left on the floor, so to speak. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what they could have. I agree. I don't, I don't know where this is going. I don't know what the point is. Yeah. Hopefully that's it. I mean, I don't know if they're, there's something they can, you know, go beyond at all out. But yeah. I, this is not working for me. I'll no. leave it at that. No. I, I already missed Damascus. Like, come back. <laughs> right. 
Well, and or something. I, 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 this the new Hardy gimmick hasn't quite stuck with me too. Yeah, so you're right. Yeah. Um, something else didn't quite stick was Big Swole in a handicap match against Britt Baker, Rebel, and uh, Penelope Ford, who was bribed to do this match by being given a year's worth of free makeup and dental work by Britt Baker and Rebel, respectively, or uh, opposite, respectively. You know what I'm saying. Uh, but ultimately, of course, is Britt Baker sitting in the ring, uh, ringside in her wheelchair, kind of swatting at people with her crutches, not in being involved. So it was Rebel and Penelope Ford versus Big Swole, and Big Swole pretty handily took the two of them out, despite them getting in a little bit of offense. But this was, again, also a little bit messy, a little bit janky, and it didn't make me more excited for Britt Baker for, versus Big Swole. It no. just was kind of there, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, I was just, okay. It just it yeah. needed to happen. We're trying. We're treading water until Britt can get cleared and get back in there and all of that stuff. And we finally get the match it all out that we've been waiting a, for all summer. You know, it's a it's a this is a messy setup to watch a snotty heel get her butt kicked. Agreed. And that is still, I think, Swole and Britt is still a very good feud. I think they've done yeah. some great work on it. This just was not the best moment. Yeah, for it. So, yeah. um, we also had a big tag match: Joey Janela, Sunny Kiss. Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. versus Butcher Blade and the Lucha Brothers, who are newly formed as a sort of a faction thing under Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston, of course, saying it's not a faction. It's we all we all been on the road together. It's a brotherhood. It's all family. It's all love. We got history, fam. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but he did say that uh, he'd be having all five of them in the Casino Battle Royale at All Out, and that one of them was going to win. Which, Nick, is the story already going to be them infighting at Casino Battle Royale? Or are they going to work together as a group and toss everybody else out? How is that going to work? They just formed this group. I have no idea. I, it feels like Eddie Kingston might be replacing Pac to an extent. Is a for gut, now, is a gut yeah. feeling. Uh, well, and and that's his role in this. Uh, to give the Lucha Brothers a, a front end, so to speak, something to do. Yeah, and and I, don't get me wrong, I'm, I love seeing Phoenix and flying around everywhere. And good lord, we got so many package pile drivers in this match. I was just, <laughs> I, my eyes were just wider. Yes, yeah, more this Pentagon, match was please. eighty miles an hour, zero uh, to eighty, and it's just they they went and everyone got their got their time, and it was it was a really entertaining match. It just was also kind of a little bit of nothing, yeah. but it was it was fluff. But it was very entertaining fluff. And we finally got to see some Brian Pillman on Dynamite very briefly. And he was the guy that ate the pin at the end. Uh, but at the same time, that makes sense because everyone else is actually officially signed to AEW. So have the unsigned guy eat your pin. Right. But at the same time, the entertaining match, not much there. And all it was basically was there to set up that, uh, yes, Butcher Blade and Lucha Brothers are all on the same page. Eddie Kingston's running the show still. Uh, and they're all going to be the Casino Battle Royale. So that there's that. Cool. Uh, there was also a Lance Archer versus Sean Maluda match, which, as you would imagine, if you followed Sean Maluda's career through NXT and over here to AEW, he loses a lot, and he lost again here with Lance Archer absolutely murdering him. You're, you're skipping letting... my favorite part of this whole thing, which was Lance Archer reprising his previous murder hawk role in New Japan and coming out and just completely decimating everybody that was ringside. Uh, just, he hit. He just, hit one guy. Uh, ju I just okay. Why, why you gotta take my legs out from under me? Like? 
I want to see Lance Archer continue to do the things that got him over in the first place over right. there and bring that Agreed. stateside, right? Like, I want to see Agreed. him going out and just absolutely battering people along the rail and just constantly doing that kind of stuff. Even in even here in the Durham Armory, when yeah. I saw New Beginnings uh, back in January, and him coming out and just like, he grabbed some random fan's shirt and just pulled him up and did this to him and just... Just stuff like that. That's what makes yeah. you you. Just please keep doing that, Lance, because it's amazing. I feel like he is. Lance Archer's an interesting guy because, you know, he's been doing this for so long, and he really did kind of click into his Murderhawk character um, or proto-Murderhawk character in Japan after he and Davy Boy Smith Jr. broke up the Killer Elite Squad. Yeah. And I feel like that's when he really was, you know, he, he learned a lot from that. He built himself up in Japan, figured out what he wanted to do, and now is just cruising. You know what I mean? And yep. it's up to AEW to slot him into the right space for that cruise. And putting him with Jake the Snake Roberts is a great idea because, you know, Jake on the mic is uh, <laughs> likes to talk a little too much sometimes and other people need to talk. But that's, we'll get to that in a second. But Jake is a really good look to be next to Lance. Um, Lance, as you say, continuing to do the Lance things that got him over in Japan and brought him to the dance in the first place are, is, is absolutely what he needs to be doing. And it's, he hasn't, he hasn't deviated no. from that. And I liked Jake, the snake saying, you know, on, after this match, after the squash, you know, we need to, uh, take that one blemish off of our record. Yes. We had that one blemish on a record. We got to get rid of that. We got to remind everybody that Lance Archer's Lance Archer. And we're going to do that when he wins the Casino Battle Royale. So now we're, that's, the, that's the trajectory. But we had a bit of uh, a little bit of a stick thrown into the spokes there. Out came Taz from the back with Brian Cage and Ricky Starks to say, you're not the only guy with a big guy. I've got Brian Cage. And we're the ones that are going to be running the Casino Battle Royale and tossing everybody out. Jake the Snake kind of interrupted Taz's flow a little bit. So this never really got off the ground. But we did get Darby Allen coming out, taking out Ricky Starks, um, and they brawled to the back. Great brawl, really physical. That looks like that's going to be a fun, uh, a fun a feud going forward. And then this all ended with Lance and and Cage being held back by their respective managers, saying, "No, not now, not not the time, not the time. Save it, save it." So another story for Casino Battle Royale: Lance versus Cage. Everyone in the crowd that was there was screaming, "Let them fight!" I was at home screaming, "Let them fight!" Do you think it's wise, though, on reflection, to have these two monsters, both of whom need to be kept looking strong, uh, facing each other in a situation where one of them would have to lose? I think introducing the FTW championship makes me answer that differently. If it's possible for Lance to come in and take the FTW championship away from Brian Cage... That gets interesting real quick. Taz has a vested interest in keeping that in his in his purview, right? So now we have we need sure. to, we need to come back. We potentially also flip Brian Cage face here by doing something like that. That mm, makes things a little bit interesting. AEW doesn't necessarily work with heel and faces all the time. They 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 have made it clear that sure. they're okay with working with shades of gray, and. As far as the FTW championship, Esme is actually asking in the chat if it's really a championship. And it's kind of like MJF's ring, where it's a symbol of something, but it's not even really a championship. But you could have a match for it. It's just not, I guess, it's not recognized by AEW 
I guess, not officially at least. Yeah. It's just kind of Taz gave it to Brian Cage to make him look important, the same way that Taz gave it to himself back in the day to make him, make him look important. Right. But it has been defended. The title has been defended in the past in real life. Uh, so it could be defended again here in AEW. It's just, you know, it's non-official title. Right. So could you have an FTW match between Lance Archer and Brian Cage? Yes. Would it have could, to be that, unsanctioned could, if it was for the FTW title? That's that's something that just I don't think in my so. Head. I mean, you know, it would just basically be one of those things where they would play it like you know, it's for the title, but AEW doesn't you know recognize you as a champion. Sure, right. So it's it's a it's a gentleman's bet, if you will. Uh, you know, his, oh, the, his this match is for my Mercedes, right? It'd be the same sort right. of thing, right? So, so yeah, they could do that. But my question is, again. Is it wise to have these two monsters, both of whom you brought into the company, built them up, and then burned them, and they've had nothing to do since then, since they've lost? Uh, is it wise to then have them face each other in a situation, you know, obviously at the Casino Battle Royale, it's not going to matter too much, but if they do end up feuding and having matches, one of them has to win. And that's going to make, if, if they're both cold right now, which they are, it's going to keep one of them cold. As opposed to what? To continuing to hang out in the back? To not have TV time? To not have slots on pay-per-views? To As opposed to what? Because I'm, I'm okay with it if it gets them on TV and in matches. I, as I'm opposed less, to putting them against a, a baby face they can beat. I'm, I'm, less, you know? I'm less concerned of them fighting each other the way you're describing as I am not being on my TV at all. I'd love to see these guys constantly, and if I have to pick the lesser of two evils, it's definitely going to be that one. Put them in the match. Build something right. with Taz around the FTW championship, and oh my God, Brian Cage, I can't believe you lost my title. You know, to tell this story of, of, of Brian Cage trying to fight back to get it back from Lance Archer, put Jake Roberts in the way, have more or Jake have Roberts promos that were amazing yeah. all year. I, I, I feel there can be a story there. I can feel there can be some stuff there, and we can get past whether it's two monsters that both need a win kind of thing. Or, you know, an interesting story might be, and I don't want to get too much into, to, you know, BWO booking here, but, it, it, you know, another interesting story could be, you know, Clash of Titans. They keep trading off wins in matches until finally, you know, there's a match they both get knocked out, and they just call it a draw at the end. Like, we're both badasses and walk away. And at oh. the end, like, They've just wrecked so much stuff. Everyone's just sitting there going, dude, these guys are beasts. Stormwaves in the chat just said, treat the ring like Lucha Underground's Gift of the Gods championship, meaning MJF's ring, I'm assuming. But I would, we, we need something like that. Some yeah, the kind ring of, or, the, or the FTW, yeah. Yeah, or it could be the FTW championship. Just the same kind of treatment, right? I mm -hmm. absolutely would love. It gets them a, a special entry into any match that sure. they want, or they can fight, well, they can challenge the for anything they want, right? Gift, yeah, Gift of the Gods was, you know, a takeoff on the, the Money in the Bank in the briefcase bank. or yeah. the, you know, G1 briefcase where, you know, you, you call your shot. But the cool twist, twist about that was, you know, all you had, what was it, seven people had to win the medallions and then you had a seven-way match for the belt itself or, was a, you know, ladder match or whatever it ended up being and then the belt had to be defended. So there was a lot of really smart stuff they did with that. I agree. There should be some sort of uh, opportunity that was one thing. That was one thing that they always did in Lucha Underground that that AEW could do more, opportunities. Right? You you have that be a buzzword. Yeah. The way that the way that momentum is, opportunities, opportunities. Have matches for opportunities. This match will give you an opportunity at this. Match will give you opportunity at that. Have a belt that basically the belt is an opportunity belt 
or a briefcase or whatever you want to make it. Opportunities build storylines. You can do so much with them because so-and-so is an opportunity. That opportunity can be on the line. You can have stakes all over the place. You build opportunities. And the Gift of the Gods was a brilliant – it was a physical manifestation of that where you had seven opportunities in one belt, and then the belt itself was, op- was an opportunity, and you can create matches around that. So agreed. Yeah. Some, sort of, some sort of object – of opportunity. Yeah. But Nick, AEW wasn't the only show on this week that had a lot of people uh, getting opportunities. And I know we need to go over and talk about the next show, but it sounds like we've got some people in the chat who have. Uh, we do. Uh, we got some bits some to catch up on real quick before yes. we jump over. Esme threw in 100 bits and said, Is the FTW title a title then? I'm, I'm a little confused. I, I just answered that, Nick. I know, but I wanted to read oh, out her say, comment because ah, she gave us 100 bits. Oh, well, that'd be a thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Very good. good, good uh, and thank an, you, Esme. Thank you, for Esme, for asking. And that. another 100 bits from Esme says, my boy Brian Pellman Jr. warming up for Maine. Heart, heart. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. And he I, looks and again, the part. He looked, he looked good. It's funny. I always thought of him as being a smaller guy. And he not is. Not AEW. <laughs> not AEW. Fits right in he there. He looks like a He's big old swole up Billy Ray Cyrus, and I love it. Yep. No. Mm. <laughs> Fantastic. And he was standing next to Griff Garrison, who is a big guy. Yeah. But as, as JR said, there's room for more muscle on him. <laughs> uh, can you imagine if Griff Garrison puts on more muscle? Yikes. Yes. It's like a Good Jack Lord. Matt Riddle. Uh, yeah. I, I, dude, I definitely got uh, uh, some, some feels off of that guy. Like That, that guy's got a lot of potential. They were, they were calling out a lot of people that they reminded him of. Texas Tornado and all kinds of stuff. So, yep. yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe he can. Maybe he can be more than uh, Jungle Man at some point. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, are we all. Are we all caught up? We're there, caught Nick? up. That's it. Well, then, fantastic because we've got plenty more to talk about. Specifically, starting with NXT. So. I think we have something that we need to talk about here at the top of the show. Karrion Cross comes to the ring uh, with Scarlett as the NXT champion, holding the title, but also with a busted wing. Uh, mm. He's got his arm in a sling. He's in a nice black suit. Looks the part. Fantastic. You guys know how I love dick heels in suits. It looks amazing. <laughs> um, and especially black suits with this dude. And so there, There's a lot of stuff we need to talk about with this whole segment. Comes out to the ring to relinquish the title a week after taking it off of Keith Lee. Not even a week, days. Two weeks after Keith took it off of Adam Cole. Two weeks? What or are you talking about? Maybe a what? month, whatever it's been. What are you talking about? It's been, it, it's been, it's been, been like 10 minutes since Keith That's Lee's <laughs> had the both, won both. The Great American. Hyperbole, what? thy yeah, name yeah. is Howell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, t- to your point, yes. Karrion Cross comes to the ring, does his whole entrance, and then waxes eloquent about how there's always obstacles, but his path is obstacles, and this is nothing. And it's all that all that all it means is whoever gets this title next, TikTok. Yeah. Oh, I my, love be, the shot of the title on the on the mat with the hourglass right behind it, and yep. my probably one of my favorite parts of NXT this week. I even sent you a text about it. Was as they're going up the ramp. They, they keep that wide sh- uh, hard cam shot on the Tron, uh, pull out a little bit, and Scarlett's walking up the ramp, walks up, and sets his logo on fire. And I went, <gasps> sorcery! Yes! This she is kind of uh- missed. <laughs> uh, it was very theatrical. It was a very theatrical... And, and their whole thing is theatricality. And, you know, him... 
him gently putting down the NXT title, and then there's the the hourglass behind it, and him saying, "Okay, I'm 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 going to set this down before they make me set it down. I know how this works. I don't care. I'm just going to come back for it when I'm healed." Uh, so for whoever, so Doomsday's still coming. Whoever gets it next, you're you're the next dead person. Right. And they they flip over the hourglass. It starts pouring. They walk out of the ring. The smoke kind of gets sucked out of the ring after them, which is a cool effect. Um, they walk up the ramp, and as you say, Nick, on the Titantron is their is their logo. And Scarlet kind of like places her hand on the Titantron, and it's like, where am I supposed to put this? And then boom, the whole you know the whole thing goes up in digital flames. So. It was, it was very, and then he walks away, she, uh, she walks away, and it's all very theatrical. It's very Carrie and Cross. And it was very entertaining. And, it, and if you're going to have a guy like Carrie and Cross lay down the title in this, this sort of situation, it's unfortunate because it's really easy to kind of take away from his mystique. But they very wisely did it all in this very kind of mm, bordering on campy. I know some people think this stuff is corny. Uh, Wrestling? And I, no. Well, I'm just what I'm saying is like this is this is pro wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the Undertaker's entrance? Exactly. Uh, so no, this it, but it, but this kind of theatricality carrying it over to even him relinquishing a title, uh, I think helped keep some of that mystique about him. So this was I thought I thought very smartly done, uh, keeping that feeling of danger around him. And I you know it also in in my opinion, kind of in hindsight, I think that. Uh, they could have actually put Keith over more in this because he said, you know, oh yeah, the the wages of war, you know, when you go to war, there's going to be casualties, and he's sitting there with the busted wing. I almost kind of wish there had been a little bit being like, hey man, Keith took it to me harder than I thought. You know, you could have put the big men over G- on the way out. Give him a little bit of a hat tip, you know. Yeah, I mean? like like I thought you were going to be easy. You were, yeah, I knew I was going to beat you. I just didn't know you'd take this this big of a chunk out of me. Yeah, like. That that could have been cool, but there's no need to put over Keith in NXT anymore because he's not in NXT anymore. He's gonna he's on the main roster wearing culottes. Kyle threw a hundred so, bits in and says, "Given the hourglass, I wish they gave us a time frame in which he might return, like the title being this cursed treasure that Cross is waiting to reclaim. Just have Cross tout, uh, touting whoever the champ or major, I think even taunting. Just have Cross taunt whoever the champ or major development in the title picture, reminding people the clock is ticking." I think that's what this was because he doesn't have an exact timeline. Right. Like you never do with these sorts of things. He's back when he's back. So there's no specific time that they could have given. But I think that's what this was, is him taunting the next champ and saying, you can take the belt. I'll be coming back for my belt. Mm. And woe unto you, whoever you may be. And we know that the first champ to take it is going to be one of four people because William Regal and Triple H and Matt Bloom and Shawn Michaels were seen in the back discussing how they should handle this. And later on the show, William Regal gave an announcement that there's going to be a fatal four-way, not a fatal four-way, excuse me, well, a fatal four-way, I guess, technically, but it's a fatal four-way Iron Man match between four former NXT champions, Finn Balor, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and Ciampa, Tommaso Ciampa, who also came back tonight, and we'll talk about that in a second, uh, in a in a, in a a Iron Man match for the title next week. Oh. On, on TV, just not a pay per view, just on TV. Sure, we got to we we got to strap somebody. We got to tear up the script, and we got to figure out what's next as soon as we do that again. Not the first time that that injury has derailed a major angle in NXT. Looking right. at you, Champa or Gargano, uh, not not the first time that someone who had the Rockets strapped to them had to relinquish a title for uh, a shoulder injury. Looking at you, Finn Balor. Right. Uh, so it's and. 
this is a very interesting situation. So these four guys, let's really quickly say, uh, in addition to this, Champa did come back on this show, but he came back as a heel. He had a match against uh, Jake Atlas and squashed the crap out of him, killed him. Uh, Literally. And then after, he, that uh, man's dead. He's dead. After the, after the match, uh, he put him under the ring and, and uh, 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 what would you even call it? Like wheelbarrowed him under, uh, yeah. up under the, uh, under the ring. Uh, tried to slingshot him, but his slingshot his, his neck and under the, into the metal under the ring. Uh, they put, everyone put him on a stretcher. He pulled him off the stretcher and beat him up more. Uh, just, just beat the crap out of Jake Atlas. Uh, made it clear Champa is a heel now. <laughs> let's be clear. Champa's a heel. So that makes it interesting because you've got Adam Cole, Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano, and Champa. You've got two uh, tweeners and two heels. That's a very interesting dynamic here. Yeah. I don't of even know. I don't even know where four. to begin booking that. Well, then that, well, I'm going to ask you though, Nick. <laughs> what do you do? How uh, these four guys? Who do you put it on? Balor. Because to uh, you, you figure Balor. I figure uh, to me, Balor or Gargano. I see. I think Gargano, and I, the reasoning I, I, for that. I think is, Gargano as well. I'm I'm fifty fifty on Balor Gargano for mostly the same reasons. Yeah, I mean, I I think Gargano because he's had kind of an up and down streak lately where he's lost a lot of big matches. Yeah. He lost to Keith Lee. He lost in the ladder match. He's been losing a lot, but he's got that prophecy out there that he and, and Candice want to be champions at the same time, right? So you could, you could work with that prophecy. Finn, anybody who takes this title when Karrion Cross comes back, if they still have it, must lose to him. If they don't have it, uh, it's because they lost to somebody else. You know what I'm saying? So you have to give it to someone who can lose. I don't think you can put it on Finn Balor and then have him lose to Karrion Cross or anyone else, really. Just the way they've been building Finn Balor and who he is. I don't think they should. Do you want to have the Nitro Rocket strapped to Karrion Cross? Have him beat the Demon. Oh, Jesus, no. I mean, talk... That, that's Yeah, and then just cut the legs off of Finn Balor forevermore. Like, make, make his descent even faster. You don't... Karrion Cross doesn't need that, man. Mm. He doesn't need that. Mm. Um, I can't only be other, the first one that thought Carrying Cross versus the Demon, though. At some, the point. only other issue there, though, is Carrying Cross comes back as a heel, and you've got two heels and two tweeners. Do you turn Adam Cole all the way face and just give him the damn title back? I mean, it's a little boring to have him at the title back, but he's also he's a kind of facey now. Although Undisputed Era still seems a little bit heel, so you could tell that story about him. And the era breaking breaking up and breaking away, and then Karrion Cross comes back and murders him is like the final nail in the coffin. There's a lot they could do here, but there's also a lot of pitfalls. See, I, I think they should split up UE, uh, have Roderick flip, challenge Adam, call say to have something. You know, you you never really gave me the opportunities you promised me when I originally joined. They they could have that feud. And let's it would talk, sort of break it up a little bit. Let's jump forward to the notes here, Nick. Let's just okay. actually talk about this now because we did have a match. Drake Maverick had a match against Kyle O'Reilly tonight. Right. And was more of a competitive match than I was ready to expect, and it was a lot of fun. Drake ultimately did get taken out by Kyle O'Reilly, and then the rest of Undisputed Era, that being Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong, jumped him. But what was interesting was Kyle didn't seem interested in doing it. He was kind of like, guys, why are you beating up the kid for? What are you, what are you, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then Killian Dane comes out, chases off all of Undisputed Era. We think he's there to save Drake Maverick, who, of course, he had the match with last week that Undisputed Era interrupted, hence where all of this came from. But instead, he lays out Drake Maverick as well and stalks off like the big, angry Irish beast that he is. So 
Interesting dynamics here all around. Could we be heading towards an odd couple tag team with uh, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane? Could Undisputed Era be showing some rifts with Adam Cole becoming more facey, Kyle O'Reilly showing some face tendencies, and Fish and Strong acting more like dicks? Uh, there's a lot of things to, to chew on here. And if Adam Cole wins that title and you have these strange dynamics going on in Undisputed Era, is there a story to tell there as well? Yeah. All good points. So there's, I, there's I think a, there's yeah. so many different options and, and avenues you could go. You could even run some things in parallel um, with Fish and O'Reilly and Dane and Drake, and while you're having Roderick and or Adam Cole doing something else. Right. Uh, That's I'm, what I'm saying. There's a there's a lot of things you could work right. with here. Lots of fuse. Lots of little angles to create the bigger angle. Mostly, your so. the top of your card is decimated right now. Like it, it's you, the the last two people you crown champ are are now gone. Are gone <laughs> within yeah. within the span of six weeks, pretty much, right? You've you've just you took you took the time to make Keith Lee the first guy to hold both belts ever. Within a month, he's gone, and you put all that equity on Karrion Cross, and overnight he's gone. Right, so, and he's gone so, for a long time potentially. Right. So, so do you reset everything and put it back on Adam Cole? Do you try to do something with Johnny Gargano? Do you finally? You know, give Finn his due for coming back. I don't think or, you go back to Adam Cole. I think they need to. I think you've got plenty of story to tell around Adam Cole without him being back in the NXT cha- with the NXT Championship. Well, and the wild card here is Tommaso Ciampa. Yeah, he's a he, heel. He, is, he said when he came back, when he within his neck brace, he's he's coming back for Goldie. And it would be interesting to put it on him because we don't know what he's about. Now, yeah, we don't know what his well, deal. He, is. Seem- he came out with the mask. He's seemingly back to uh, that Psycho bald killer, bastard, yeah. right? Right, um, son of a bitch <laughs> that was feuding with Johnny Gargano after coming after his triumphant return that we all fawned over. So yeah. it looks like he's back to that that character, that gimmick. He's just back to being a bastard. Yeah, and but we don't know what kind of bastard we don't know what his motivations are we don't you know we don't know who this Tommaso Ciampa is and so that's why he's the wild card in this do they have plans for him do they have an idea of what he's going to be and if cross comes back can you have him lose to cross again because remember the last pay-per-view cross murdered champa that's what sent him out for a couple of months hmm. so it's it's a it's a it's a whole thing's a strange situation. I feel like they're handling it really well. It's going to be an exciting match next Tuesday, but I am so curious which of those paths they take because they've left everything wide open here at the yeah. top of the card, and it will really inform where a lot of the rest of NXT is going. I agree. It won't inform where the tag team divisions are going because that took a hard left this this week where we actually had titles change hands, and this is actually I went back and looked at this Nick because this just seemed so odd to me. But putting it in context helped it make more sense. You see, Imperium won the tag team titles off of Matt Riddle and <coughs> Pete Dunne, even though Pete Dunne at the time was having Timothy Thatcher step in for him. Thatcher left Riddle at the side of the ring, turned heel. Then we got the Riddle and Thatcher feud, and Riddle went, Riddle went to the main, main roster. And then Imperium was kind of like eh, half... They were, they, were, they were sort of defending those titles. Um... Defended them against Birch and Lorcan. Defended them against uh, Breezango, actually. One of the first defenses that they had. Right. But it was interesting to go back and look because Breezango has been being made a big deal of since then. Most of the tag team division has been about Breezango. When I went back and looked, they've had things to do, whether it was helping Drake Maverick against Legado de Fantasma, 
whether it was coming out and, uh, and trying to legitimize themselves and saying, no, 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 we're really serious wrestlers. Like that's been what like NXT has been really working on Breezango since that time. And I didn't realize it until I went back and looked at all the weeks. They really have been, been putting them out there. And I wonder if it was my perception, Nick, or if it was just the general perception that Breezango, like, like they weren't, that wasn't sticking. Whatever NXT was trying to do with Breezango, they weren't sticking as being what you know a legitimate force. It was too goofy. They were, they were trying to do all the different there. gimmicks and and be comedy guys. And, and I it, feel like now that I mean, if you get in there and you build back up the fact that these guys are absolutely amazing in ring workers and right. watch them do what they do, holy! Well, they smokes. straight up they straight up beat Imperium here. Yeah. No, no, no weird stuff. No nothing. They straight up beat him. So whether you can consider this a culmination of those few months of build for Breezango, I don't know because it didn't feel like a build in the middle of it. When I look at it on paper, it was very obviously a build. But it didn't feel like it in the middle of it. Yeah. And we were, we've been complaining about Breezango not feeling legitimate enough for the last few weeks. And here they come in and win the titles. And I, I'm not going to lie, on the one hand, I'm shocked because... I didn't feel like this was what they were going for. But on the other hand, it does make sense when you look at the bigger picture. It also makes sense when you consider that they've been feuding with Legado de Fantasma, a group that should have the tag titles because they've been built up as serious contenders. And if you think they're now we have this built-in feud between Brizango and Legado de Fantasma, when you consider that, statistically speaking, in NXT, uh, faces do not retain championships long. You can actually go back and look at the percentage of time that faces hold championships in NXT compared to heels, and it's like a two-to-one ratio to the heels, which yeah. is which is smart because it actually means you have lots of baby faces fighting upwards against these strong heels, and I think that's those are good stories. Um, but in this case, I think that it it makes me more comfortable with Brizango winning here because I feel like they're winning them to drop them to Legado de Fantasma, which was something that we had speculated and, and we'd, we'd all been speculated uh, right. for the last few weeks. If Brizango does win the titles, do they, go to Legado, do they face Legado de Fantasma and lose to them? Yeah. Does to it, them do over? they establish Wild and, and Mendoza as a legit team or are they exactly. just, you know, uh, Noble and Mercury 2.0? You know, something like that. Uh, I want to catch right. up real quick. we got to go back a go little bit. Uh, I, I missed these. My apologies, guys. Uh, Esme threw 100 bits in and said, have Finn get the W, then lose to Cross, and move Finn to NXT UK to beat Valter. Valter still doesn't have any opponents. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the initial plan was to have Finn over there in the UK, but then everything happened. 2020 came along and right. just said, <laughs> Plans? Uh, no plans. Kyle, ah. th Kyle threw another 100 bits in and said, Sundari? Sundir? Killian Dane? I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Killian Dane to Drake Maverick. It's not like I like you or anything, Baka. I don't, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Does that mean, is that some more Dragon Ball Z stuff that I don't understand? No, but it is anime stuff. Oh, okay. All right. Baka, well, Baka, Baka. I'll, I'll let you translate. Not to know Baka this guy. So, this, so. Here we here we have a situation. Oh, so well, wait, wait, we were saying Killian Dane to what? Killian Dane to Drake Maverick. 
Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, the whole the whole I hate you, so uh, I'm gonna fight with you kind of thing. Right. But, yeah. I, again, like I I think that that would be fun to have Killian and Drake together as a as a strange odd couple. Um, kind of like a team hell no. Yeah. Exactly. Sort of dynamic. Yeah. yeah. Odd odd couples are always a lot of fun as tag teams. Right. Regal and Tajiri. Um. So, Brizango, our champs. Imperium. Did they kind of do Imperium dirty here? Or was it just me? No. I, I kind think, of a lackluster I think it was rain. It, it was very lackluster, it's, and it was very 2020 They won of them. them in May. They yeah. won them in May, barely defended them. You think it's time? Oh, no. I'm agreeing with you that they did them dirty because, I mean, 2020 did them dirty. They haven't had oh, a chance, I, to, oh. they haven't had a chance to, to actually be a dominant force without Valter fronting them, in a way. The thing that made them powerful, I think, was the presence of Valter. And they just have not been that since he hasn't been able to be there. Yeah. Hot take. I, I don't know. In a tag division where you're already a little thin, I think you need to keep everyone strong. And I think that Imperium, uh, they need to get their luster back somewhere. Yeah. But that's, uh, that's a whole other issue to deal with. Right. Um, fi- the final thing, final thing, I just want to note this, uh, that I can't not be happy for Brizango. It's both of these guys' first championships. In WWE, and I'm not talking about FCW or anything like that. I'm talking about NXT main roster. This is their first, first championships. Between the two of them, over 30 years of wrestling experience, first ever championships. That's insane. Yep. That's insane. Fantastic. So congratulations to them Love for it. finally, finally, finally getting some gold. I can't be mad at that. Even if they're going to lose it to Legato de Fantasma right. in a month or two anyway. But um, elsewhere on the card... Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez versus Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. God damn, put it in my eye holes. Done. Yep. Sure enough. Uh, and this was interesting because once again, you have Dakota Kai as the squirrely little heel who's kind of just out of her depth. You have Io Shirai as the badass champ. And you have Rhea and Raquel, the entire match, like just two pent-up bulls trying to get at each other and just murder, death, kill. Yes. Um. I am trying to think of the last time I saw two women of this size and and shape and strength get into the ring and throw down like this. There's really not a whole lot of women in this physical condition at this size who who are out there in the first place in wrestling, let alone getting them in the ring and letting them just tee off on each other because they're friends in real life and so they don't care if they hit each other hard. Um, it's exciting, and I know you like Haas matches, Nick. What did you think about all this? Oh, when when I heard about this last, when they uh, what was it? They, so, they, they came out faced off last week. I was yeah. like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put it in my eye holes. Uh, by the way, your emoji got approved finally. So, oh, good. We've got mine should be on the way at some point, but yes, everybody should they're be just, able to they're use scared that of your beard. Is what uh, it is exactly. Well, that, this one and the uh, Nick Booking swirl is is available for all of you. So enjoy. Uh, there you go, Esme. <laughs> so whenever Nick goes off on Good one of grief. his tinfoil hat rants, yeah, uh, booking fill up the chat with those. Shit, that's you guys spam the shit out of that one for sure. Um, listen, uh, the the ending of this match is what surprised me the most. Raquel Gonzalez pins Rhea Ripley. Now, to be clear, she pinned Rhea Ripley after Mercedes Martinez came in from the sidelines to avenge the powerbomb onto the concrete that Rhea gave her last week and pulled Rhea off the ring apron, making her hit her face on the stairs, and then Rhea tags in on Io, who's 
needed a bit of relief, but Rhea was still was 100%, so Raquel was able to give her the bigger boot, big boot and a power bomb, and boom, one, two, three, folds her up like a, like a pack of matches. I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. Raquel Gonzalez represents what they actually wanted out of Nia Jax. Possibly. Possibly. And, and I mean that outside of all like shrine joking kind of stuff possible in my disdain for Nia. Uh, look at the, so are the you stature that of Nia, that person. She you're is saying that Nia's like, Nia's like King Mabel and Raquel is like Diesel? I'm just, okay, I'll leave that out there. I'll leave that hanging in the air. You don't have to answer that. Okay. Um, but the point is, yes, Raquel pin Rhea. That's a good start to this feud. Yeah. And that, that means they not, got plans for her. Uh, that means they got plans for this feud. They got plans for a lot of things. Mercedes Martinez still has her fingers in this. There's a lot of dynamics going on here at the top of the women's card, much like we were just saying about Undisputed Era, Killian Dane, Drake Maverick. There's lots of threads. Right, there's lots of threads with the title picture with the men's division. They got a lot of threads over here in the women's title picture division, and none of them are about Mean Girls. None of them are here about like, oh, she stole my makeup brush. Right. This is all about you screwed me over, you beat me up in my match, you hurt me, you did this. I'm gonna kick your ass. Yeah, you're getting an ass whooping. That's that's what this is. It's it's awesome. And the centerpiece is these two gigantic hoss women that are just made out of pure slabs of beef going toe-to-toe in the ring and throwing down and doing strength spots on each other. Fun. Raquel picked up Rhea. Rhea's not a small lady. Raquel picked her up like nothing, like a jar of mayonnaise, and just bleh. Go back to the first down. May Young Classic and watch some of the early Rhea Ripley matches with the long blonde <laughs> hair, and she came out so in the tutu. She's so sweet looking. And, she's so cute. Oh, and now man. She, now she's a big, spiky, angry jar of mayonnaise. <sighs> it's It's amazing. Whew. Uh, Kyle with 100 bits says he has to say disappointing that Rhea losing the title was. Uh, my God, she is just doing a wonderful job making all the girls she's working with look like stars, whether as a team or against individually. Love the long-term yeah. chase they are using with Rhea. Rhea having to escape Haas country to get to EO. Love it. Chef's kiss. We did. She had to go through comedy country, Haas country. She had to go through evil technical wizard country with Mercedes Martinez. Right. They're, set, they're setting her a gauntlet. This, everyone who's complaining about Rhea losing to Charlotte at WrestleMania, look what they're doing with Rhea since. Everyone's, oh, they're depowering Rhea. They're not using her. No, they're sending her on a hero's journey. Yep. This, is, this great. is called investment. Oh, big time. <laughs> they are, they investing are investing in the Rhea Ripley business. Big time. And they're <laughs> investing. And as, a, and as, as Kyle makes a good point, they're investing in everyone that she's facing off with. She made the Robert Stone brand more visible and more interesting. Uh, she made, she's making, she's making Raquel Gonzalez. She made her just what she, they faced off and everyone went, yep. Want to see that? Uh, everything, everything she's involved in is, is becoming interesting because she's involved with it. Uh, and they don't have to have her as being this world ender like she was at the beginning of the year to do that. Right. So I think they've been, I, I, I personally, I know a lot of people would disagree. I personally think they've done a great job with Rhea Ripley. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're doing going forward. Yeah, they're, they're defining her very clearly. And I think it's great. Um, and I also, like I said, I love all the moving parts here. Whether it's Dakota possibly getting another shot at EO, Raquel and Rhea, Mercedes and Rhea, how that plays out. Triple threat? Yes, please. Put it in my eye holes. Uh, so, yeah, all around loving this stuff very, very much. A couple more things elsewhere on the card. Santos Escobar had a cruiserweight championship match against Swerve Scott. Did somebody say Lucha Underground revival? Nick finally got Reunion? his King Cuerno versus Killshot match. And I, Again, oh. 
Well, we had it. Uh, we had a. We had one in the in the cruiserweight championship tournament. True. But here they gave it. They gave him like a full, like a pure match, and these dudes went ham. This was a fantastic match. You can tell they've worked before a lot. They've got some good chemistry together. Uh, fantastic match. Unfortunately, ultimately, Legado de Fantasma comes out, costs Swerve Scott the match. I guess they didn't technically because Brizango scared them off, and then uh, and then ultimately it was down to Swerve and. Uh, Oh, that's right, Swerve and, and Santos. But then Santos put on the loaded mask from underneath the ring and headbutted Swerve with the loaded mask, knocking him out and getting the victory. Yeah. So one wonders if there will be more Swerve and Santos in the future or if this is just a great first feud for Santos to establish himself as a dominant champ who's not afraid to cheat to get the win. Either way, I'm satisfied and I'm happy with what's going on right now. I hope we uh, get more of it. Frankly, I, I feel like uh, this was one of the better shots that um, that Swerve has had, and mm -hmm. I, it was fantastic. I hate that it was the loaded helmet, but I love that it was a loaded helmet because it just the cheat hold cheat to win thing. Well, it was a loaded mask, which made or it mask. Even excuse me, not helmet. Yeah, it's just, but it was just that's a great yeah, that's a great gimmick. Kyle uh, with hundred bits says, "Why wasn't this on Takeover again?" I absolutely love this match. Me too, man. I I, I agree. It, it could have easily uh, uh, held a strong spot on on the Takeover. Sure. Yeah, I mean, you didn't you didn't have to do Thatcher versus Finn. You could have put this on instead for a what? championship, an actual championship. And there was really no, I mean, the only reason to have Finn on the, the, that match, Finn and Thatcher, is because it's Finn Balor, it's Timothy Thatcher. It's the only reason. This is a cruiserweight championship. I agree. This should have been on Takeover as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, and they really could have gone ham because mm. we we all know these guys are capable of even more than this. But it was very good. Um, I am I am curious if. We're still building towards that Drake redemption angle where Drake Maverick's ultimately going to be the one to take it off of Santos in the end. Who knows? They do like they do like running long stories in NXT, and I'm here for it. Timothy Thatcher, speaking of Timothy Thatcher versus Finn Balor, Thatcher got in Priest's face backstage. Damian Priest is your new North American champion, and Timothy Thatcher got up in his grill saying, uh, I don't think you deserve that. You're this party boy. I would bring prestige to that title. Prestige, which you don't have, and Damien Priest takes a swig out of the champagne bottle in his hand because he's still partying, which, mwah, yes. That's the what after party's about. still going. <laughs> it's still going. He was inviting the, the interviewer to it. He's like, oh, we're, we're still partying. Why don't you join me? I can't even do that guy's voice, man. It, it's just so damn deep. <laughs> um, he says, you want a shot? Sure. Do your, do your best, buddy. Uh, so Thatcher versus Priest looks to be Priest's first feud. Sounds like a good time to me. Yep. And then Bronson Reed, who was also in the ladder match and looked really good going into it and is getting a big old push. Well, he got a big old push from Austin Theory, who's back in NXT. Hey! And Theory, Theory came back to make fun of his age, which Bronson didn't take kindly to because Theory is, you know, a young whippersnapper at like 22 or whatever he is, 23. And Bronson is, I think, a little over 30. So Bronson gave him a nice big meaty slap across the face. Five five thick boy fingers say to the face. Slap. My what, what is it with people slapping people and then just walking away? I don't know, but I'm here for it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Shana did it to Nia last week, and I'm like, I would expect someone that, that is going to do that to just step up right into their face but and go, what? Do something. It's been going on forever. AJ and Ricochet, and, and there was the really awesome one, Apollo and Andrade, where he, he slapped him so loud the camera broke. Like, <laughs> Drew and Randy, like, it, there's just slapping all over the place, and it's great. You make a really big sound, you make a really big impression, and you take off, and it's like, ooh. It's a big ooh moment. 
And it always pops me. Yes, I know it's become a trope, but I don't care. I'm here for it. <laughs> Sonia Deville slapping the taste out of Dana Brooks' mouth last oh. week. Oh, she gave her a pop. Oh. oh, here for it. Kyle with another 100 bits said this week it sort of clicked. Thatcher is NXT's Minoru Suzuki. He can lose, but he still scares everyone because he can kill you. And, uh, and every so often he'll come along and win when you least expect it to. When you least expect him to. Right, Shingo? Whoops. Where's oh. Dexter Loomis? Uh, he's injured. He busted his, busted his ankle. That's why he wasn't in the ladder match. Remember? Damn it. Stay yes, with us. Now I Stay do. Yeah. Sorry, there's only so much room for input output in, in the That's head. okay. Stuff That's bleeds okay. out. Well, I hope, I hope you remember uh, the Mia Yim versus Shotzi Blackheart match. I Mia do. Yim came out to the ring, and uh, afterwards you had, uh, in between Sh- her and Shotzi's entrance, out came Robert Stone and Aaliyah to yell at her and say that she's nothing and she's worthless and... She's an idiot and all of this. And then he gets run over by the tank again because that's just an ongoing gag now awesome. is Robert Stone getting run over by the damn tank. Shotzi's damn tank. Uh, I, I don't know. It cracks me up every time. It's totally puerile, but I don't care. It's amazing. Love it. And then we had a very nice match, very nice little match between uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Mia Yim. Uh, ultimately, though, Shotzi straight up beats Mia Yim. I like how they started this as they're totally friends. They were like high-fiving, fist-bumping, and hugging each other. They be- broke some... Holds me like, all right, all right, we're friends. It's cool. But then halfway through, Mia goes, no, nah, I'm not your friend anymore. Slaps her, and they, boom, Mia's now the heel, and we're working against her. But Shotzi does pick up the victory here, uh, which I have to ask, because it has been confirmed Mia Yim was one of the members of Retribution on a few of the shows, for certain, uh, not this week's SmackDown, but last week's, when they closed out, standing on the ring apron. Um. It has been confirmed, but of course, the, the members of Retribution have been changing from week to week, so we're not really sure who the confirmed final members are. But if Mia Yim is going to the main roster, could this be, have been her way of putting someone over on the way out? Could be. And it was, it's my thought as well. As soon as Keith went up, I went, oh, is Mia coming too? So I, that, was, that was my thought process there. And, yeah, well, we, one, and she has been seen in Retribution, so sure, yeah. yeah and the they, I think is, they're keeping us on our toes by changing them up like that. I, I'm a fan we'll, of that. Will Retribution be a cross-brand uh, faction, or will it be a single-brand faction? Oh, that would question. be fantastic. Leading into Survivor Series this fall, like if you have Retribution on all three brands, and then there's some kind of... Yeah, I... It's, it's like, like booking members, emojis? I want to see them. On all three brands. <laughs> Please explain that in kayfabe. Yeah, there's this weird Antifa faction that's trying to take over the show, and they've disrupted our show on multiple occasions. It cost us lots of money, destroyed our ring. Let's sign them. Would you guys want to wrestle? Yeah. Ay, ay, ay. We have a we have, uh, a we have a four-way Survivor Series now with NXT, Raw, SmackDown, uh, and Retribution. <laughs> that actually sounds really good. Actually, four corner, uh, four corners of the ring. You got red, blue, black, and gold, and black. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be mad at it. No. Uh, so, but yeah. So that was NXT. You know the big surprise here: Wade Barrett on commentary. Mm. He was great. Mm. He was great. It. Welcome, welcome back, Wade. It was He's good to hear history. his voice in his very good projection that he does. Sorry, I didn't mean to blow you. Was guys that your off. Wade Barrett impression? No, no, I'm not. Gonna, I can't do the accent, but but he's got that projection that he does first, with his voice. First of all, you need to hold your nose. That's one. That's one thing. He's got <laughs> his nose has been broken like 18 <laughs> times. So he's just everything. Everything does like the other broken nose. <laughs> got a big old cold. Got a cold in his nose. <laughs> But that, of course, with the British accent. Uh, I don't have a good Wade Barrett either, so I'm, I'm, I'm making fun of someone who is in the same problem that I have. 
But yes, that is NXT. It was very entertaining this week. Good stuff. But NXT is not going home to payback. That would be another WWE show, and that show is Friday Night SmackDown. So we open up the show, pop events. Pat Paul Vince is talking to Adam Pierce. Adam Pierce has to go around, and Vince has him sign, have the walk around with the contract and get it. He needs to get it signed by Braun Somebody Strowman, Bray Wyatt. Get Vince McMahon a throat lozenge for the love of God. <laughs> he makes Christian Bale's bat voice sound like Mickey Mouse. What is going on Swear with this man? I can't even understand him. <laughs> That's literally what he sounds like to me. Yeah. It's just, hey, pal. <laughs> what did you just say? I said. <laughs> I can't. He's just gargling his words. And I just, oh, Vince. I know, I know your, your uvula is back there like an old man's pair of testicles just blocking your entire throat and keeping you from being able to speak, but for God's sake, project, man. Yeah. Killing me. I literally had to turn on subtitles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was I haven't had bad. to do that since Deadwood. <laughs> oh, my Lord. So, but yes, as, as you said, Vince garbles his way through telling Adam Pierce he's got to get signatures from, uh, from The Fiend. Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns for the triple threat match on Sunday because this is some this is a janky organization that doesn't get signatures until two days before the event on a live broadcast. That's when we do it. But hey, neither here nor there. Poor Adam Pierce. Uh, he's, he's given a little outfit that the that Bray told him to wear. I think that's what Vince said. I couldn't really tell. But uh, Adam Pierce says, "Really? Yeah, you better wear it, or you're fired. You're fired." So Adam Pierce takes off to try to find Bray, Braun, or Roman. Initially tries to find Roman Reigns, but his door is locked, so he goes elsewhere. And in the middle of the Firefly Funhouse, where Bray says, guess what? I've got the Universal Championship, and I'm going to beat everybody on Sunday. Whoop, 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 whoop. Who should come to the door but Postman Pierce? No, it's not played by, by uh, Lawrence Fishburne. No, it's Adam Pierce coming through the door to, uh, to drop off the, the contract for Bray Wyatt. He convinces Bray to sign it, even though it's really for the fiend. And he's like, I, I mean, because you guys have like uh, some sort of like weird connection, right? And Bray just kind of stares at him. Yeah, sure, I'll sign it. <laughs> so he gets the one signature. He gets bronze later in the night uh, in a really funny segment where Gulak, in trying to get revenge for Braun beating him up last week, hits Braun with a chair, and Braun just doesn't even to say he no sold it. Would be like to, it's like saying if you hit a, a concrete pillar with the chair, right? It no sold it. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't even budge. His clothes didn't even rumble. Like it was, <laughs> it was incredible. And Pierce says, "Okay, I'll give you a match with Drew Gulak if you sign this." So Braun has a match with Drew Gulak, murders him, and signs it. And well, it was then the other way it, around. Braun insisted on the match in order to sign it. Right, and then he had the match, murdered poor Drew Gulak. And then signed the contract on the way back from the ring. Yeah. So he's got Bray's signature. He's got Braun's signature. And he couldn't get Roman's signature. Couldn't get through that pesky door. So at the end of the show, Vince McMahon says, Will you get through that door? Or there'll be consequences. The way you know it, I would throw, I'll, your, I would throw your body I'll, I'll, I'll into body. the door. And it would bust it open. 
Let me catch up real quick. As we said, uh, Hunter Betts throwing some bits just for that spot on Wade Barrett. Thank you very much, Ezra. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Uh, and yeah. Ian hold, holding his nose and trying to do with the Holding his nose. I'm holding his nose. I've never seen a match like this before. <laughs> Kyle threw 100 bits in. Said, Can we just skip the formalities and just make Adam Pierce the SmackDown GM? Love his he character. He kind of is. He kind of is. Love his Isn't character he? on the show so much. Postman Pierce always delivers. He's becoming more. They're using him more and more because I think he's just keeps grabbing that brass ring yep. with every segment he's in. He's wildly entertaining as the authority figure. Yep. But I like that he's an authority figure without a ton of authority. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? He still he cowers really, next to Vince McMahon in a way. The the fiend still freaks him out. Like he tries, uh, you know, he tries to run the backstage area, but he only has so much power. I dig that. He's not omnipotent. Yeah. I dig what they're doing with him. I agree. All right, one more. Esme threw another 100 bits in. Said, people that are just listening and never watch the stream, let me tell you, you're missing out on Nick's face when Ian does the Vince impression. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know. I make faces all the time throughout the show. I'm not even sure which one I made. He's he's a constant face. I'm a constant emote. Right. (laughs) Thank you, you guys. Not a baby face. You got too much hair for that. No. But, uh, yeah, so we finally, the end of the show, Roman Reigns is still stuck behind his door, which apparently is just impregnable, except Pierce walks up to it and just opens it. Um, and Ro- <laughs> at the end of the show. It's like, one of those set moments right. where you're, like, you're knocking on a door, you're knocking, and you don't ever think to check that it, if it's open right. or not. Well, when Vince tells you, don't fail me, yeah, you just don't fail him. So back he goes, he goes in, and uh, Roman says, all right, I'm looking at the contract. I, I, let me look at this a little bit. No, 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 I don't just sign anything. I'm Roman Reigns. Yeah. So we come back from commercial. Roman's sitting on the couch. He's still reading it. Pierce is like, everything looked good. And Roman goes, you know what? I'm not going to sign this. But I promise I will be there on Sunday. I will have this three-way match. I'm going to show up, wreck everyone, and leave. And that'll be that. And you know what? That's not a promise. That's a spoiler. That's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. Well, whatever. It's a spoiler. At which point, I got chills, Nick, from right under my earlobes all the way down to my toes, and then they pan the camera over to the right, and by God, Roman is sitting next to Paul Heyman, who leans over him, smirks all the way around his three chins, and says, and you can believe that. And we hold for an uncomfortable, like, five seconds of Heyman just like smirking in Roman's face and Roman kind of like quietly nodding. And then we get the logo and go to black. Roman Reigns has aligned with Paul Heyman, it appears, Nick. And I am shooketh. I am shooketh. 2020, what's going on with 2020? Actually, this is really, this is not a 2020 thing. This is really freaking cool. I loved this. Um, this opens up so much. We were worried when Roman came back about so many things. Everything from, you know, was he going to go back to being super Roman? Was he going to take over the show again? Was he going to dominate? Uh, how much did he pay for his teeth? Because, my God, he got ripped off. Well, everything we were worried about. And then people were like, is he a heel? Because he's acting kind of heelish. Is he a face and just being, you know, an asshole WWE face? No, no, he's aligned with Paul Heyman. Uh... Uh, 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 Nick, exp- what's going on? Explain to me what's happening here. Well, I'll, I'll react to that in a second. Here's the thing I want to talk about first. We were going okay. around and getting signatures not only from Roman, but from The Fiend and Braun Strowman. Sure. 
have have we finished telling that thing that we spent the whole summer doing since since WrestleMania? Are, are are we just forgetting about that now that Roman's back? Oh, you mean the whole the entire huge angle we built with Braun and Bray that's just been thrown out the window because Roman's back and he's with Paul Heyman and it's kind of like, yeah. hey, that pretty thing you're watching. Hey, big flash over here. Look over here. Pretty thing over here. Squirrel. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And you like, know I, what? I, I I'm so invested in this thing with Braun and Bray at this point. I'm feeling a little bit cheated, and I'm there upset about something. it, and I can't get excited about Roman yet because I'm still pissed off that the thing that I've been invested in all summer that I wasn't in the beginning, but you you brought me around on it, WWE. <sighs> there was something later in the show. I have it at the end of the notes, and I'll bring it up now, much okay. like I do with NXT. And that is that elsewhere in the show, Nikki Cross, as we know, has been worried about her friend Alexa because Alexa's been acting a little weird lately. And sure enough, Nikki was talking to a surprisingly sweet Tamina backstage, uh, wondering if she'd seen Alexa, when all of a sudden Alexa pops up with her old pigtail look, like her Harley Quinn pigtail look. And, and everyone's kind of like, oh, Alexa, nice to see you. And Alexa seems very bright and chipper. She's like, I'm happy. I've never I've made this happy in a while. I feel great. And Nikki Cross is like, well, I haven't seen your hair like this in a while. And wait, what's this? And there's a single dreadlock in Alexa's hair. And Alexa's like, yeah, I was thinking of going like, half and half, like one side that, and then, or maybe the whole thing, that would kind of look good. And Nikki's like, I don't think that would look good at all. Alexa, are you okay? And Alexa freaks out, goes from like, well, wouldn't I be supportive, Nikki, to like, I hate you, I hate you. What kind of friend are you? And takes the prize mug that Alexa first gave to Nikki uh, when they first became friends that Nikki had been holding the entire segment and smash it on the floor and then stalks off. And uh, yeah, so... We were wondering why the Alexa thing didn't come up at the pay-per-view, but it looks like they're doing an even longer build and storyline with it. And you know what? I applaud them for that. Me too. That's great. And I think that that, that answers your question about the Bray and Braun thing. I think that can continue on the side. And it sounds to me like Roman being a heel is going to come in. He's going to come in and we've got other things planned for that. What, whether it's a heel or whether he's... What's happening with Paul Heyman? I, I don't even know where they're going with that, but I'm intrigued. I'm very effing intrigued, like for sure. Like this is, and so is Esme, who threw a thousand bits. Oh, wow, flex hey. woman. Thank uh, you. Roman is a heel. Rejoice! It's finally happened. Um, we're not sure yet. I'm not calling a spade a spade until it actually happens. I. <laughs> I'm so scared. You know what I mean? Like it's it's one of those things where I I can't even believe my eyes at this point. Right. I'm not going to believe it until I see more. But I, that moment certainly would point that way, and if that's the case, then hell yes. I I love that. I love Bray and Braun and the story they've built and now it seems like we're still going to infuse some Alexa Bliss into that. But it's like peanut butter and tomatoes. Like, I don't, I don't want, they don't match. Like, something, like, leave Roman out of this. Finish what you started. Finish telling me that story. Now, you've got Thunderdome but back. Is, you know, we need Roman punching the floor, I guess, because we've got Thunderdome Brock now. Is, Brock is stuck in Canada. Is Roman now going to be the new Brock, where they put the title on him and he just, you know. Roman will never be Brock Lesnar, period, hard stop. That we need to get, everybody needs to for, not think about really? that anymore. Really? No. You, don't, you don't think that they could have Roman Roman Reigns like is never going to go to UFC and beat every person that ever just comes in his purview. You don't think that they could book him the same way. Two spears and a victory in five minutes. Squash They've matches already the done title that. over and over and over. 
not like Plum. well okay f- sure they could t- they could totally do that but that is the ending of just about every roman Reigns victory in, ever goldberg's the fiend takes the title on pay- on payback sunday and then holds the title till next year wrestlemania where we have uh him versus drew or something like that i don't i don't want him to come get for the, the soul universal of, title for the soul i would have w- gone and sent him after um, Drew McIntyre, not the Universal Championship. That's I think you just nailed that it. That would be a terrible idea because if you do that right now, the first thing Roman does, he's got to go beat Drew. Not necessarily. And Drew's, got, Drew's got other things to do right now, man. I, I much prefer Roman being on SmackDown, being a heel, and running roughshod all over SmackDown. You can have Roman versus Drew at Survivor Series at this point, right? Agree to disagree. Okay. Well, that's what the show's about. <laughs> Um, I think it completely derails everything we've been inve- we've invested in in the Fiend and Braun Strowman through several pay per views. We sat all through all the Goldberg stuff because Roman didn't want to come, so he could go have his babies. Braun stepped in valiantly, has carried <laughs> it fantastically, struggled in the beginning, but has really turned it around. We've told an amazing story. Roman Reigns decides that gets some new teeth and decides he's going to be a heel and align with Paul Heyman. And yeah, screw all that shit. But I think that we're going to still have Fiend and Braun on the sidelines with with Alexa Bliss doing whatever kind of weird werewolf transformation she's going to be doing. You know what I mean? I feel like that story can exist in another area of the show. It doesn't have to be the main event of the show. It doesn't have to be the main storyline of the show. And I and I can see why they'd want to move away from that and have that kind of spooky, weird plotline be second or third on the tier. It's It takes a lot to have a spooky yuki campy storyline like that be your main storyline like you're going to lose a lot of viewers interest with that i think because it is so out there i, I think a lot of WWE's, wwe's audience isn't here for the really out there goofy stuff you know what i'm saying nick i think they want kind a of. little bit more of the straightforward superhero stuff so putting Braun and bray on like the second or third burner i actually think is a good idea and if, as, but, but I agree with you, as long as they continue it. I'm now invested in that storyline. It's an interesting storyline. I want to see where it goes. I want to see what they're, what they're doing with it. I, I think they've had some stumbles, but I still we've invested enough time in it. Let's keep it going Yeah. on the sidelines. Let's, let's see and through let to the end. Tell me the story. Roman, Roman being the compromised heel champ as something else. We can have that be something else yeah. on SmackDown. Yeah. So. Kyle threw 100 bits in and said, loves the Alexa Bliss segment. Lots of little touches in her look, basically being an amalgamation of all of her characters. Back to Pixie Bliss in NXT. Harley Quinn PTSD Alexa is rather interesting mm-hmm. as she continues to break down and transform. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and, and I'm just worried that I feel like we should have done that. I'm anxious to see where it goes. I'm concerned that Roman Reigns is back, especially with Paul Heyman at his side and is now just going to come in and steamroll this thing that's what i'm yep. concerned about they don't really have a whole lot of big faces over on uh on smackdown right now so yeah. i think he will steamroll and they'll steamroll right through him it's a bit of a mess actually uh and nowhere is more of a mess than over in the intercontinental title picture where jeff hardy came to the ring to celebrate his win and aj styles came out to confront him and say that i'm not medically clear but if i were i'd want to face you tonight because last week you had a, a, a object on your leg and you pleaded with the doctor back there who's on your side to put it on you, and then you use it against me, and that's why I lost the title. But nothing he could do. Jeff Hardy still issued an open challenge for his Intercontinental title, and because AJ Styles was not cleared, he had to go sit and watch it from the sidelines. And who should come out to face Jeff Hardy but Shinsuke Nakamura, one of your tag team champions, 
Um, to their credit, Nick, at least they dealt with the fact that it was weird that he came out for the rest of the show. Cesaro had like a snarky promo in the middle where he's like, I went to get coffee and I came back and Shinsuke's in the ring with Jeff. What the heck's going on? I thought we were a team here. Right. So I, I, I like that they dealt with that in that way. I, I felt like they explained it a little bit and that made it make more sense. But it still, it was uncomfortable to watch Shinsuke Nakamura, a champion, lose to another champion on your show. It's It's a... It's a bad way to make your champions look. I'm yeah. just saying. If you have a champion, you couldn't, you find, champion, you couldn't find anybody else. It had to be, it had to be Shinsuke. Yeah. Lots of other people that you could have done this with. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. The real meat came after the match, after Jeff Hardy finally beat Shinsuke Nakamura, walking up the ramp, and who should show back up but the real Intercontinental Champion, the man who never lost the title, Sami Zayn, is back and dancing into our lives, Nick. Mm. Oh, his hair is long. His beard is shaggy. He's come back from the Great White North with his old Intercontinental belt. And now that title is disputed. You have my attention. Yes. Do you think the title was taken off of AJ because they knew Sammy was coming back? Yes. And they wanted to put on a face champ? Yes. And we're now going to have Jeff versus Sammy. To what end, though? Is it, isn't AJ still going to want his Intercontinental title back? And now you've That's got kind of what AJ I'm versus wondering. Sammy? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm wondering is do we have – is it is the title being juggled around? Are we having Sammy versus AJ versus Jeff, which you – have a triple threat for the Intercontinental Championship with those, with those three, three guys? put it in my freaking eye holes. Yeah. I'm in. I, <laughs> it seems a little messy right now, but they could absolutely land this plane in a really nice spot, and we could have a really nice triple threat Intercontinental title match on the SmackDown before Clash of Champions because it, of course, won't be on the show because right. the Intercontinental title and that never gets on pay-per-views anymore. So the question is, though, what is the plan with Sammy now? He went backstage and tried to hook back up with uh, Cesaro and Nakamura. They both gave him the cold shoulder. And, and uh, even when he was trying to like put his title on the table with their titles, they said, dude, we're having a private conversation here. Private, as in get out. Um, this actually, a point I want to stop here, Nick, did you find yourself laughing a lot at this SmackDown, or was it just me? Was there a lot of really funny moments, or was it just me? There was a lot of, of levity, for sure. There was a lot of uh, kind of light stuff that was going on. I don't know if I would say, like, gut laughing. Like, I wasn't, like, crazy laughing like that. But, yeah, I had a really no, good no time last night watching this. I chuckled a lot, and yeah. mostly it was because the performers had great times with their scenarios, whether it's Sammy meeting back up with Cesaro and Nakamura and the awkwardness of that whole scenario and just how everyone played everything. Sammy's like, actually, yeah, no, you know, I actually had to go. I was going to, I was going to go anyway. So I'm just going to get my title and I'm just going to go do the thing that I've got to do that, uh, Miz and Morrison cracking jokes, Morrison talking about how he was actually using a radar gun on his kicks to find out how fast his kicks were. Yeah. Like, I love that. <laughs> Fantastic. There was a bunch of stuff on this show that was I thought was actually really funny, um, and that's not and I, it it jumped out to me because it's so rare that I chuckle this much, where the comedy really hits. You know what I mean? Yep. We talk a lot about WWE comedy and how a lot of times it doesn't hit. 
I felt like it was hitting on the show, and I just had to commend that. Throw that out there. I got to jump in real quick. Boa Clark uh, with the Tier 1 sub. Thank you very much. Uh, welcome to the channel. And Esme, not to be outdone, gifted two Tier 1 subs nice. to Neon Esme. Sloth and Tim Stone. Guys, if you got a sub from Esme, make sure you tell her thank you. And welcome mm -hmm. to the channel, guys. Thank you so Amen. much, everybody. Thanks, that, guys. That pushed us over 40. Wow. <laughs> We're getting there. Let's go. Oh, go. man. Uh, where Speaking we? of going, we do have to go because we've yeah. also got to do our payback pickums here. So let's crank through the rest of SmackDown. Uh, Miz TV was supposed to be with Big E, but that got canceled. Uh, I guess they're going to have more on Talking Smack, which they did. But it got uh, preempted for a tag match, Heavy Machinery and Big E versus Miz Morrison and Sheamus because what better way to have a, a guy go on a singles career than being a tag team again, right. especially a three-person tag team. Big E's right back where he started. Right. But at least we know now that as a result of Miz and Morrison pissing off Sheamus and sending him off away from ringside that we're getting Sheamus versus Big E at payback. What? I don't know either, but that's just how this match worked out. Ultimately, Miz ate, a skull, uh, uh, Miz ate the finish from Big E. Um, and somehow we get a match between Big E and Sheamus this Sunday as a result. So this was, I thought, a bit of a mess, but it was a fun mess at least. But just seemed kind of random. Yeah. Bailey and Sasha. Uh, had Don't get a me promo. wrong. I, I did not like Otis dancing to the New Day's entrance music. That was a lot of fun. Uh, yes. But that was about the extent of it. Uh, there was this yeah. was mostly nothing. It was a it was a whole bunch of why did we do this? Right. Let's. You're trying to build. We, we need to Big, kill. We need to kill twelve minutes. We're building towards Biggie and Sheamus. Why do this? That was <laughs> it. Was very confusing. Yeah. Bailey and Sasha got in the ring. Cut a promo about how great they were. They are Bailey and Sasha not on the same page. No. Bailey just keep, kept putting her foot in her mouth. At one point, even mooing at Sasha because she was wearing what looked like cow pants. A <laughs> uh, lot of good stuff here. Um, but then Shayna and uh, Nia show up on the big screen saying, hey, we're taking your tag titles off of you this Sunday. And Sasha cuts a promo on them being like, that's right, this Sunday I'm going to step up, show you who I really am, and I'm going to get my revenge while looking at Bailey, which was very interesting. And I think that shows us all where this is going. Uh, I do have to also say that Bailey's jab at Sasha about never being able to defend the Raw title is was just like just cut her throat, yeah. Bailey. Just just uh, just cut the jugular. Yeah, she, I mean, she's why not keep doing that too? It, I mean, steer into it at this point because she's had like seven defenses or something ridiculous where she's only held it for a week. Right. Yeah. Oh no, it's lost in the first defense. Right. It's like a joke at this point. I wonder if it's like the longest of long-term storytelling where like at some point she'll actually defend it. She'll get it successfully. And, yeah. it. <laughs> and when she it's like a whole big thing. She finally defended it successfully. It Yay! resets the clock. What's the thing? Zero days without an injury. That you have, right? <laughs> Zero days without a title loss. Right. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, as we mentioned, Cesaro and Nakamura, they ended up getting back on the same page. Cesaro came out and took out Kalisto in a singles match after they all took out Lucha House Party backstage. Lucha House Party has been having some tension, but they seem to fix things at the they end of this. They were fine till that Kalista asshole comes back. Right. But who's, who came back Causing shredded, trouble. Shredded and looking amazing. Some of the yep. moves in this match were ridiculous. They're putting Cesaro with a lot of Lucha guys, and I'm here for every little bit of it because, my God, he can work as a Lucha base. We say it every week, but every week he proves it. My every God, and week. Kalisto... What was it? it was a slingshot springboard dragon Rana to the outside on Cesaro. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. My God. Uh, um, 
I would love to see another, uh, maybe like maybe if we're going to do more tag matches b- between Lucha House Party and uh, Nakamura and Cesaro, maybe now we could have Kalisto and Lince Dorado because they're the ones having issues with each other against Cesaro and Nakamura. Maybe that's what they're going for. I mean, Grand Metalik got an Intercontinental title champ- championship opportunity. Why not? Uh, have him go off into a singles thing, much like they're doing with Big E, and you can have Lince and um, Kalisto do their own thing. I think Kalisto's going to turn heel. That's just my feeling. Yeah, it's, it's all things pointing that way. All things pointing that way. Matt Riddle called out Baron Corbin in the ring, and then uh, Corbin didn't show up, but Chad Gable did, and Matt Riddle squashed him in three minutes, and we were deprived. We, we, gave, we gave Nakamura and Jeff Hardy like 12 minutes. And Matt Riddle and and Chad Gable, who that's a match I would I would love to see. I'd give a pinky to see that match. Yes, three minutes, and he squashes Chad Gable, and then calls out Baron Corbin again. Uh, Corbin tries to attack him. He chases him off, and Baron Corbin says, oh, "I'm going to beat his ass on Sunday." And we have Matt Riddle versus Baron Corbin on Sunday. Yay! Gatekeeper match, good times. So. Uh, I just I feel horrible for Chad Gable. He's got the stupid nickname they continue to give him. They keep squashing him. He's got no, he's got nothing. He's got nothing, and I I, I feel. And now awful. he's nothing more than a goon for King Corbin. If getting that. squashed if by that. Matt Riddle. If that. Ugh. So that was SmackDown, Nick. Some good, some bad, but definitely the last show before this weekend because tomorrow, Nick, is payback. Okay, first thing I want to say uh, is, uh, and we got to go because we're, we're behind here. We've been talking way too much. That's um, <laughs> kind of like what we do on the show. Takeover yeah. SummerSlam last weekend, payback this weekend, all out uh, next weekend. I- I'm starting to get a little bit of pay-per-view fatigue. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> There's been so much wrestling. Uh, just, I, I, I don't, There's I, been so I, much wrestling. Impact <laughs> is back every Tuesday, and yeah. it's great. And we haven't even had tam- time to cover it because it's just there's so much other stuff. Emergence was awesome. I mean, just we got to talk Dynam- about Impact oh, at some dude. point. Yeah, I know. I just, there's so much other stuff. God. Dynamite and, and Dark. And Dark is now a huge ass show every week. Uh, and, and New Japan is back. There's just so much stuff. There is, <laughs> there is literally something on every single night of the week now. It's, it's, it's silly. All right, let's do some pick'ems. Let's have some fun. Let's Matt Riddle it. versus yeah. Baron Corbin kicking things off. Uh, Matt, Matt Riddle. King Corbin. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I, I, I could see it going either way as well. I just think that they want to keep Riddle hot. I'm, I'm just thinking have I'm thinking Chad Gable interference. Here. Gable interference. Yep. Yeah. I, I I hope they do something with him. Yeah. Maybe that's how he gets the uh the King's ransom is by interfering in the match. Maybe. Yep. Not mad at you. Yep. Uh Apollo Cruz versus Bobby Lashley for the US championship. I think Bobby takes it. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm actually going to go with you on that one. I think that I think that it's time. Yeah, I think they've shown that Cruz is smart. They've made Bobby look like a fool on last uh, last week's Monday night. He needs I to think- come down and just absolutely whip his ass. I want to see Monster yep. Bobby Lashley. Uh, he's pissed off. He feels slighted. He got tricked during the arm wrestling but thing. But would you feel bad for Apollo Cruz if if Bobby crushes him? Wouldn't that kind of ruin a lot of the momentum that he's gotten? Pardon me for yeah, using but, the yeah, but to what end? You know, I, what, you where, what are they going to do with Apollo Cruz next? Well, I mean, who, who, what? I, if he beats Bobby Lashley, was he going to? Is he Shelton next? What if, what if Cedric comes out and helps Bobby? 
And then you have a whole bunch of stuff between Cedric and Apollo on the side. I wouldn't be mad at that. I mean, right. God knows I'd love to see Bobby, uh, uh, Apollo Cruz and Cedric Alexander Cedric, tear the uh, house down. Yeah. You guys know how much yep. I love my boy from Charlotte. So I, <laughs> I still yeah. think that's one of the best finishing moves in wrestling right now is that lumbar chain. Oh, the lumbar? Especially yeah. if it's do sold it, properly. Do it to Braun Strowman. We'll see. Oh, God. He uh, smashes Biggie versus <laughs> Biggie versus Sheamus. Who you got in this one? Uh, that one. Oh, is that on the card? It is. It was announced. It was announced on. It was on Talk and Smack. They made it official. It's got to be Big E. You think? Otherwise, what's the point? Why are we even doing this with Big E? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. It's just Sheamus has been so damn directionless since he came back. He's just been kind of floating around. But and at the same time, I almost feel like Sheamus needs a win as well. You know what I mean? Um, He'll be maybe, all right. Big maybe e dirty. Is, it get, makes me ask a hundred questions if he loses. So I, I'm a well. Big it e. depends on how he loses. If it's a, if it's a fudge finish and Sheamus cheats to win, and we're sitting here going, "Damn it! Ah, oh, come on, Biggie should have won that." Right? That's what makes me think about it. And then we head into a straight up Biggie Sheamus feud, starring at the pay per view. Actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change around. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Sheamus. All right. I'll say Seamus. Make it that interesting. Me, it's payback. Makes more sense, makes more sense to me. <laughs> right. Well, it makes more sense to me that Seamus would win this. Yeah. Because then you could start a feud. Whereas if Big E w- wins it, then... Where I only second guess it is he just lost Seamus the whole thing to uh, Jeff Hardy as well. Yeah. So, I don't know. He was pretty dominant throughout that entire Jeff Hardy thing, going all the way back to the hit-and-run DUI framing and all of that stuff. So, I'm... I think he's all right. Big E has a lot more to lose here if he loses. So I, that's I'm picking Big E. I'm going back and forth. It's it is a damn coin flip yeah. for me. I just mm, I think it would be better booking for them. I should really pick this as what I think they're going to do, not what they should do, shouldn't I? All right, Big E, fine. God damn it. I I want Sheamus to win this because I think it'd be a more interesting feud. But you're right, Biggie. Yeah. Seth Rollins and Murphy versus Rey Mysterio and Dominic. Man, if it, if Sheamus does win this, I'm going to be so mad at you. <laughs> Seth Rollins, Murphy versus Rey Mysterio and Dominic. Uh, tag team match that just you know for payback. <laughs> or something. Okay. Uh, okay. Did they get their win back here? Does Rey Mysterio finally? He's finally able to put a whooping on Seth Rollins. I'm going to go Rey Mysterio, Dominic. It, it kind of has to be after SummerSlam. I am too, because uh, Murphy is in this match, and that boy's getting pinned <laughs> by Dominic. Well, but yeah, I think Murphy's getting pinned by Dominic here. Yep, agreed. Uh, Sasha and Bailey versus Shayna and Nia Jax for the women's tag team championships. Say it, Nick. Say it. Say it. What happened Say to it. Shayna Baszler coming out during the pre-show of SummerSlam and saying, "Whoever wins the Raw Women's Championship, I got next." I got next. But that went right no, out the window. But now boy. she's in a tag team <laughs> women's tag team match, and she's taunting Bailey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. <laughs> what are you doing? We this, don't know. It's wrestling. This is not we hard. We don't even know what we're doing. Just <sighs> Shayna and Nia. Yeah, uh, say it again, Nick. Shane say it Naya. again. Shane and Naya. Yes. Shane and Naya. <laughs> because this, it needs to explode. Uh, uh, Bailey and uh, Sasha Banks needs to erupt, and that's the only reason I'm picking it. <coughs> sorry. <laughs> I kind of threw up there. I'm sorry. <laughs> Randy Orton versus Keith Lee. <sighs> Do we have an actual finish here? This is the question. Probably not. Um, but I, 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 I'm wondering if Edge shows up. 
I don't. I think it might be too soon. For I him. don't. Yeah, it's too soon. I think. Yeah. I, I I thought if he was going to do it, he'd show up in the big title match. It would make no damn sense for Edge to not show up and mess up Randy at SummerSlam, even though Drew took him out fairly handily. Yeah. Why would he then come back and help Keith Lee? Right. Yeah. I mean, he's already why done would he, that. Why so. would? It, how is this getting in Randy's head to like? Have him. I mean, I guess you're losing to a guy who it's 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 his first match, maybe, and that's getting in his head. I don't know. I guess I guess I could see that explanation, but I think this is Drew coming back and getting revenge on Randy. You know what I mean? If there's if if Randy doesn't straight up beat Keith Lee, but do you think Randy straight up beats beats Keith Lee? Is the question. I. I am going to go out on a limb here. Uh-oh. I'm going to pick Keith Lee. Wow. My goodness. It's one of those, I can't explain it. Everything in my brain is telling me Randy Orton, but there is something in my gut. There, There is a reason he relinquished the North American. a month Within a month, dropped the NXT championship, came straight out and debuted at the top of the card in the championship picture with Randy Orton. Drew McIntyre was involved. They, I have never seen, maybe ever, rocket straps this aggressively. Matt Riddle. You know, they just did it with him. Had him for, beat AJ in the first night. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They, like, Keith Lee's in the main event picture. That's really cool. But th- that being said, I'm thinking about the possible endings here. Either Lee straight up beats Randy, uh, or Drew McIntyre comes out and attacks Randy and gets Keith Lee disqualified and Randy wins, or Randy straight up beats Keith Lee. Two of those are Randy winning. So yeah. I'm... I'll, I'm I'll pick Keith Randy. on a whim. I'll take a flyer on Keith. Okay. I'm going to say Randy. Yeah, it's probably going to be Randy or a DQ or some I, kind of DQ. Or DQ. I would love to see Lee pick up the win. If oh. they have Lee beat Randy Orton on his first pay-per-view, man, they've got big plans Weeks for him. after dropping the NXT Championship. Yeah. Then can you imagine the size and scope of that rocket that they're putting on Keith Lee? Rock it. That's, yeah. that's my. That's where my gut hunch is. Somebody else just said that in the chat too. Uh, Keith, uh, Kyle did. Keith Lee gets the Brock treatment they did with the Rock versus Orton. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder. I. 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 Hey, man. If we come back on Sunday night and I'm like, yeah, I totally lost these pickums because Keith Lee won. I'm gonna be the yeah, happiest loser ever. You're, you're not gonna lose much sleep over that. <laughs> nope. Now I'll let that one go. And finally, the Fiend versus Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns. Triple threat for the Universal Championship. Who you got, buddy? I think The Fiend retains. I think Roman Reigns takes it. I think he's not going to do that on payback. No? No. Okay. So some so Fiend pins Braun again? That's the only way it's going down. Roman ain't getting pinned. No. So Fiend, Fiend pins Braun is what you're calling. It's a triple threat, which means no DQ. Which I think Roman comes back and pins the Fiend. I think that's how bad this is going to be. That's going to be awful. That'll be the worst yep. thing they could ever do. But I think they're going to do it. And, w- and we'll be right back to June 2017, guys. I think that that thing, but only he's a heel. I think, I think they're going to do it. Uh, I I'm think actually the Fiend, terrified they're going to do it. I think the Fiend retains, and we, we're going to go to Hell in a Cell. We're going to go to Survivor Series. We're going to have some big match opportunities, and I think it's, it's better. 
It's better if the fiend keeps it and Roman can and he can listen. You could have Bray is very creative. You could have Bray go off on. He's done great stories and builds to other title feuds. I I would not be upset at the fiend having one of those sort of long story things and Firefly Funhouse episodes taunting Roman Reigns, just like we built with Braun Strowman over the summer. We'll but, see. But, I'll, but I'll, I don't I, I don't it. want Roman to to de- 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 completely devalue. A year's work from Bray Wyatt at a freaking payback. If you don't think that The Fiend has been built so strong to put over Roman Reigns, you have not been paying attention, frankly. And I, I Nick, I, I'm telling you right now. I know that's exactly together, why. I hope you're right. With my pick, I hope I lose this pickums. I'm going to say it right now. I'm picking, for the most part, pragmatically. Right? I, I should go back and pick Sheamus if I'm going to lose on my Yeah, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go back and pick Sheamus. I'm, I'm gonna uh, no. Yeah, you pick. Biggie. You do you. You pick. Seamus. I'm gonna do it. If I'm gonna go down, I'm gonna go down in flames. I'm picking a, a, as negatively and and, and a, as possible. And if you want to be skeptically opti- optimistic, go ahead. And I hope you're right. I hope I lose this pickums because that would be a better outcome for WWE. I think creatively. I'm gonna change go one those. too. Oh, okay. Sasha Bailey retained the Women's Tag Team Championship. Ooh, you can't do it, can you? Can't do it. No. Nope. You can't pick and Nia. I, I think uh, it's not even that. It's that this is not going to work out well. <laughs> this is not going to end well for Shayna and Nia. No, Those two are going to end up at each other at, before Bailey and Sasha Banks do. Yeah, okay. You can you can try to do your logical mental gymnastics as much as you want. You just can't pick Nia Jackson anything. No. <laughs> no, okay. I, well, there no, I cannot. Of, there are payback pickums, Nick, but we don't have much time, and yet we still have something to do. And of course, that would be our moment of positivity. That's right, the moment of positivity brought to you by Sean Clark, one of our lovely patrons who had the idea in the first place to have a little segment at the end of our show where we talk about something over the last few days of wrestling that made us really happy, that made us feel positive, and we want to share with everybody else so we can all go back out into the world with a smile on our faces and not dwelling on the negative, not dwelling on the things that we didn't like, but dwelling on the things that we did like. So, Nick, what was your moment of positivity for this week? Uh, spoiled for choice this week, if I'm being you honest. You are, and that's um, actually right, – that right there is a moment of positivity. That, that in, its, in and of itself is a moment of positivity. Um, it has to be BTE. It has to be <laughs> really. It has to be the celebrate Brody Lee's celebration with Alex Silver walking in with more chilies than he can carry. Um, it, the, t- more chilies than his t- tiny stature. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I, I absolutely spoil for choice this week, but I have not laughed that hard. At something in wrestling in a long time, maybe going all the way back to like Breezango and Fashion Police, when he went around the room and they were all doing what they spent their million on. <laughs> I, I uh, if you guys haven't seen Being the Elite this week, it is fan. It is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Just, it's so much Dark Order, and that's the, the dynamics are so funny, man. Uh, give me, a, give me. A, I don't have the beeper, Nick. Give me, give me a, a John Silver, would you? A what? Give me a John Silver. Oh, shut the f- Silver. <laughs> 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 
It kills me every time. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is a good one, man. Uh, th- and then the, having the six lawnmowers come out on Dynamite was just oh. the, that was that was that was that was the mm, stick that was in the, the cherry right on top of the uh, and that was the nice hat tip nod that to was everybody the that was watch that watched yeah. BTE and got it. Yep, and the Mustang. That was that was the prestige of the whole thing. Yep. So no, I, I agreed. That was. <laughs> if oh, you haven't seen it, watch it, and then you'll go. Oh, now I get it. But I don't want to spoil uh, it here for people that haven't. Oh no, it's it's fantastic. How um, about you, Sir Ian Dangerous? What was your moment of positivity this week? Dang, you stole one from me, man. It was. I mean, I left you twenty-seven other options. I know, but that was such a good one. Um, I don't know. I had a lot. There was there were there was a lot of great moments. There was a lot of great little moments on Dynamite. Um, there was a lot of moments on NXT that were really good. I loved the fact you know Breezango winning the championships was a, was a great moment again because uh, you know about time. Um, there, I love the fact that I laughed so much on SmackDown. But I'm gonna I'm. <clears throat> Oh, I can't cheat because we're doing it on Tuesday. I was going to say something from New Japan last night, but we didn't talk about it, so I can't. I can't do that. So, I will just. I will say the return of Sami Zayn. Mm. The return of Sami Zayn. Finally, he's back. Still my inter, my Intercontinental Champion. Right. Forget everybody else. Sami Zayn was my Intercontinental Champion. I'm so happy he's back. I'm looking forward to seeing what he has in store uh, for us. And my God, if we do get a three-way Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, and Sami Zayn. Oh. <laughs> And that's my moment of positivity. Well, thank you very much, Sir Ian Dangerous. Guys, we've got to wrap it up real quick. But remember, we're keeping the stream up. We'll take a quick little 10-minute break, and we'll come back, and we'll do patron mailbag. So stick around. Don't go anywhere. We're going to come back. we got a really fun one this week, and I haven't even told Sir Ian Dangerous about it yet. What? We had a what? Make sure you're following us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Come join us over in Discord. Huh? <laughs> I kept laughing so hard. Come on, come get into our Discord. You can find links to all these things down below in the panels if you're watching us here live or over at BWOPodcast.com if you're listening on audio where you can find us on your podcast app of choice or you can come back here to twitch.tv slash open. Make sure you're following us and you can find the VODs for all of our recent episodes right here. Also, come over and find us at youtube.com slash open for every episode of BWO Daily where we bring you the daily news uh, throughout the week, every Monday through Friday. Uh, you can find those normally around 5 p.m. Eastern Time over at youtube.com slash open. And the namesake for the show we're about to head over and do after we take a quick little break is the patron mailbag. And mm. it would not be possible without all of our patrons. Thank you guys so much for your monthly support. It is the best way to support the show if you're interested, but you get access to some really cool exclusives like copies of every, the show notes for every episode. You get the ability to play in our patrons pick'ems challenge every, uh, oh, yeah. during the big four pay-per-views that we just had at SummerSlam. Uh, congratulations to the new champion, Mud Smack, on your victory over Robbie RB from WrestleMania. Mm. It was fantastic. Looking forward to Survivor Series on your first title defense. But guys, you can get access to uh, bonus episodes, an entire two-year back catalog, uh, Skype calls, all kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO. Well, my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! Fuck you, John Silver! This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. 
For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.